Welcome to the Wisconsin Wrestler Podcast with your co-hosts Teague Fenwick and Steve Lurkwood. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Wisconsin Wrestler Podcast, powered by WI Wrestle. I'm your host, Teague Fenwick, coming to you from Holman. Joining me, as always, from Waterloo is my co-host, Steve Lurkwin. Steve, great to be here. Hey, I'm pumped to be here and even more pumped that two weeks ago I moved back to Fort Atkinson, so uh, not stuck in Waterloo anymore, Teague. A little slip <laughs> of the tongue. No Did I? Deal. Oh, man, I, I was doing hey. it for so long. <laughs> you bet, man. Is there a greater time of year? Sectional preview time, state football playoffs, level one done. It's just like sports all over the place. It's uh, I was just at a cross country meet on Saturday too. They're they're in their postseason. I was at Westby, which was a great time. Uh, Mr. David Moline from Aquinas was there supporting his teammate. So nice, yeah. Um, fo- sports is just in full swing right now, like you said, Steve. Oh, and very excited. I think we're under thirty days to the wrestling season, and we uh on the back half of our sectional previews now. Yeah, that's crazy to think. Yeah, after this week. After this, I'm sorry. After oh, this week, we'll be uh, we'll be done. Uh, we'll be three quarters of the way through. Yeah. One second, guys. I'll be right back, Teague. Sounds good. Man, time flies by when you are having fun. I, uh, without further ado, uh, we are talking D2 with sectional C tonight. And uh, I'm really pumped for this one because first time ever, we got two, uh, not just Mawson guys, two Mawson graduates on. So without further ado, it's... It's going to be like when Steve has Matt on. They just get to talk right sound wrestling the whole time. Maybe sure we'll be doing that, telling some old war stories tonight. But let's introduce our guest here. He was a state runner-up for the Golden Eagles in the 90s. He did wrestle at uh, University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. He's been doing stuff with the Austin Wrestling Program since 1996. Had a head coaching stint until 2011 and then... Uh, stepped away to help run one of the best general stores in the state of Wisconsin, Miller's General Store. Now he's back on his third year for his second head coaching stint. Talk about none other than the, the man who taught me how to master the Granby role, Mr. Tommy Miller. Tommy, we are so glad to have you on. Well, thanks, guys. Honored that you asked me to be on here. So um, I said it's a uh... Great what you guys do for the sport of wrestling, the promotion you guys give Wisconsin wrestling. Um, it's it's amazing to think where we were 20 years ago. I think that's probably my hardest uh, thing that I'm dealing with in this second stint of coaching is trying to deal with this new technology age. But uh, really cool that you guys uh, get this stuff out there, and and I know it's 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 very much appreciated. Hey, thank you, Tommy. Steve, I told I told uh, the folks listening. Uh, it's just like when you and Matt are on the show together. So you just kick back, relax, and enjoy the Austin tales tonight. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to get the, get the Teague stories, the true the true story of the four time regional qualifier, and uh, all everything that goes everything that goes with it. So, <laughs> well, fellas, uh, we got a lot of teams to look through tonight. I think we have uh, 26, so we can. Jump right into it here. Oh, real quick, I did want to give a shout out to. Uh, I got a call the other night. My nephew, who's in fifth grade, uh, Will Fenwick, he's joining wrestling for the first time this year, and I am just absolutely yes. so pumped. I uh, love being an uncle. I love my family, and uh, I love wrestling. So when those two things can uh, come together, it just is great. And I just felt 
I felt honored that he called me too, knowing that I love the sport. So can't wait to actually just have someone to wrestle with at family reunions. Now I feel like people joke about that, but I actually want that to happen. So that's sweet. Is what grade is the antique fifth grade, which is a great time for him to join. Perfect time to start. So uh, let's get into some wrestling talk here as we have the Richland center regional up here. For those uh, newer to the sport D2 sectional C, it's a little Southwest of wrestling, which uh, unlike last year where it was uh central Wisconsin, basically. So big changeups uh, in this regional assignment wise. Um, it actually didn't change a whole lot. Watoma wild Rose and Berlin join at this regional Uh and uh, Lodi got bumped to regional two, which is uh, pretty significant. Whenever Lodi makes a change, that's definitely something of note. Uh, the first team up here is Adam's Friendship, who was six in the Richland Center Regional with 103 points. They are returning a three of their 10 starters and seven points. Uh, they'll be led by a uh, Bode Waldner, who is their returning point scorer. He was at 132 last year. And uh, Coach Miller, I know, I mean, you could probably think off the top of your head the battles that you've had with Adams over the course of the years. They won a few team conference titles in the 2000s. Uh, to see them just returning three starters, uh, you know, you hope you can see them get back to the numbers. I mean, 10 starters last year, you'd think they can get back to that. But, yeah, team with a rich history, and you hope to see them climb that mountain again. Yeah, I mean, they got a good, solid youth club over there. I mean, they run a nice youth tournament and things, but just, uh, you know, getting those kids to transition to the high school level is not an easy thing in today's world. So, um, but, uh, no, we had some good wars with Adams over the years. Um, a lot of tradition over there with the Thesons and Eric Torkelson. Uh, Tork trained, you know, he'd run that little school there for a while, too. And just, uh, uh, I, I think things will continue to grow over there. Um, athletics is uh, is important to that community. And, and like I said, I think it's um, – I think we're going to see some good things out of them in the future, but uh, going through a little grump or growing pains right now. I said they graduated quite a bit. So, is there a better wrestling name than Torkelson? That's pretty no. sweet right there. I remember that name. And uh, here's the thing that I see when I looked at Adam's friendship. Obviously, losing seven seniors hurts, right? But um, three qualified for sectionals last year, and all three qualified for state. So that tells me that's a program and a coach that knows how to get kids ready to roll at the right time. Next up here is Arcadia, who was at 12th in the Richland Center Regional with 43 points. They're returning eight of their 12 starters at nine points. They do lose Cruz Patzner, who was a state qualifier at 152. But uh, they're returning a Gary Lopez, who is their returning, their leading point scorer for the team. In Arcadia, you'll like to see that they have numbers still returning eight from their 12 last year. And now, uh, you know, they have a strong nucleus in terms of numbers. You can hopefully see some results build from that as well. Oh, is that you, Coach? No, I really got nothing on Arcadia too much. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, uh, you know, I think they're a program real similar to Adams, trying to get some kids back into that room and try and grow those numbers and just, just create some more depth. Is, is, you know, and that's a battle that all these teams are going to be having. Yeah, it's uh, I, I was just kind of quickly looking up the history and uh, deep history, right? I mean, six into 16 individual state champs, so long line of great wrestlers there. So, uh, yeah, hey, go oh, go ahead, yep, Joe, uh, yeah, Greg Gibbons, I think, was a three timer, Jason Lockington back in the day. Um, yeah, you're talking one of the most uh, historically one of the strongest programs back in 
Um, so it's, it's, it's nice to see them getting some kids back in the room, but like I said, they got a long ways to go. Next and, uh, up. I just want to give a shout out to Brad Cook. Crook, he is on the podcast live putting in comments. Hey, love to see it, Brad. What's up, man? Long time, no talk. Next up here is uh, Berlin, who uh, don't usually see in this regional, but uh, always fun to see new faces in different regionals and sectionals. They were 10th in the Portage Regional with 60 and a half points. They were turning four of their six starters in 29 points. And they'll be led by returning sectional qualifier Jacob Martin. The only thing I got on Berlin Teague is they had a kid way back in 1987. This is way back probably before <laughs> you were even born. Um, horror story. My brother Danny was ranked number one in the state, defending state champ, and he got beat by a kid from Berlin first round at sectionals, and that was when it was single elimination or first round elimination, senior year, done for the year, done for his career. So I I don't have a lot to say about Berlin, but I that's bad, bad memory. <laughs> bad memory. <laughs> Bad juju with them, right? I I just remember, uh, you know, I talked with Kimberly, coached at Kimberly for a while up in the FDA, and and uh, we kind of locked horns with Berlin a lot. They used to have huge, huge numbers, right? So obviously, you know, in the tradition of the program, uh, it, it's it's there, right? Obviously, just getting those numbers back and and growing is uh, uh, the goal for, the goal for Berlin. Moving on to a Black River Falls, who was thirteenth in the Richland Center Regional with thirty points. They're returning a seven of their eight starters and all their points. Um, they will be led by Wyatt Moses, Moses who placed fifth. Uh, he lost two to one in the fourth place match, which is a pretty crazy match to make it to sectionals. They have uh, two more wrestlers who play six. So Black River Falls with some good growth in this last year. Could see a few guys wrestling on sectional Saturday this year. Yeah, anytime you can return those guys, that's the biggest thing right now is uh, returning points. Like I said, not a lot there, but uh, I don't know what they got coming up with their youth program, but um, see what they can do this year. Going to stay in the the Cooley Conference here as a GET, uh, as a Gay Electric Trempolo, Melrose Mendoro is up, and they were third in the Richland Center Regional with 214 and a half points, returning 11 of their 14 starters and 150 points. They do lose Ben Peterson, who qualified for state at 170, but they're returning to Colton Koss, who made it to state at 106, Jackson Blake, who qualified at 132, and Alex Weserick, who made it at 220 pounds, along with sectional place winner Lane Fry and two more sectional qualifiers. Guys, I just got to say, probably one of the best teams across the state not to make it to team sectionals, and GET made it to state a few years in a row, made an appearance in the finals last year just had two really good teams ahead of them so it's going to be i think they probably come with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder it's going to be interesting to see what they do this year well i think they were easily a top three team in our sectional um you know but that returning i i tell you that that colton cost one kid i was very impressed with i know he had that really serious injury and i don't think people even realize what that kid came back from last year but all of a sudden he was wrestling at sectionals and or regionals i'd seen him at that point and uh um, we had followed him a little bit. My, my son Landon bumped heads him a few times over the years in youth club. And so we, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's that kid that got hurt really bad. Uh, but just see that kid, uh, I think he hit a big throw in the match to win it, or I can't remember to get through. It was a big, big win for him at sectionals, um, uh, to get to the state tournament. So, uh, but I'm really curious to see how that kid matures now with a full season of wrestling under his belt. Cause I know he had a real shortened time to get back there. So, uh, they're, they're one of the teams I got an asterisk by. I, I they're, they're one of the teams that we're going to have to, trying to find a way to get through. So 
Um, they got a rich, rich tradition up there too. And coach Peterson is, I'm assuming he's still a coach up there. Uh, does a great job. So. And coach uh, Teague, we had coach Peterson on, was that two years ago now? And, uh, him and I, I like fact, yeah, that's right. We had him on as a combo. I think that was year one for us. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, he did a really good job talking about it. And we kind of really drilled him because a lot of times you see co-ops numbers are a little bit lower. Right. And, uh, probably, I mean, obviously this is arguable, arguable, you could throw the teams in there. Uh, Darlington Blackhawk, we'll talk about later, but GT Melrose Mindoro is probably one of the most successful co-op teams that we've, uh, we've seen. So they, you know, he's definitely got the blueprint for how to make that work. Next up here is a Mostyn Nasita, who was eighth in the Richland Center Regional with 100.5 points. They're returning eight of their nine starters and 83.5 points. They'll be led by Drake Gaza, who qualified for state at 120, and Hayden Gillen, who made it at 170 pounds, along with sectional place winner Espen Swears and sectional qualifier Alex Sewer. But we, uh, as much as I like to think I know about Mawson wrestling, we have the Mawson wrestling uh, subject matter expert on here. So, Coach, we'll talk about your team, uh, the team coming up this year first. Uh, besides the names that we talked about, who are some uh, folks that we should be keeping an eye on? Um, well, we got Maddie Goss. That was our girl state qualifier last year. But uh, um, we got a real nice senior nucleus um, on top of uh, Drake there, uh, Mason Romanelli, Alex Sir, and Jaden Zimbauer. Um, Addicts up there, all conference champs last year. We had a nice run last year. We started out the year with a little, a little hiccup early on, and we just couldn't get. You know, we didn't have quite the numbers yet. Um, had some holes. We went up to Adams, and Adams had, I think, the only time the whole year they had pretty much everybody in their lineup, and we had like every hole that we could have possibly had. Ended up tying them like 34-34, lost on I think the seventh criteria. So that put us in the hole. Um, at the end of the year, we had to beat the Dells in the duel and then win the conference tournament outright, and we did both. Um, so our, our kids really finished on a really strong roll. Uh, we carried that right into regional sectionals, got some kids down to the state tournament. And, uh, you know, I think we were, we looked at the whole package. We were a year away. Uh, we lost Dalton Hain last year um, before the season started. He busted his wrist in football and missed the entire year. And he, he'd have been a state medalist for us, almost positive. Uh, Jackson Whitney was an only other senior that graduated. Jackson just missed the state tournament. So, so we had we had a lot of really positive things, but we, we have just a monster freshman class coming in. Um, I think we got we got 20, 21 kids coming back, and I think we're looking at close to 20 freshmen coming in. So, uh, it's my son Landon's class, so we're, we're pretty excited about that. And I'd be the first time I, you know, I, I didn't want to coach my kid, but I'm kind of excited for it now. Um, you know, I've, I've stepped away from him at the youth level 100%. Um, you know, I'm there to be his dad, not his coach. And uh, obviously, I run the youth club, but um, the Delata boys are all running our youth club there, and they do just do a wonderful job. So I've really been able to step back and, and let him grow as an athlete um, and let me be his dad. So I, I talked to Coach Chambers and Coach Spencer Davies, my two assistants this year, and then I said, you know, be nice this year. I want, you know, I'm going to try and step back from the chairs. And Jason looked at me and said, nah, you're not going to be able to do that. So well, we'll see. I, I, I want, you know, I'm kind of going to manage that a little bit, uh, be dad sometimes, be coach sometimes. And uh, I've actually reached out to a couple other coaches that have went through it. And, you know, what do you, how do you, how do you deal with it? And, you know, the energy and the excitement and uh, the roller coaster of emotions and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, but he's, he'll be a good solid kid for us. And they said the freshman class. So we're really, really excited about it. this. Is one of the classes we we kind of bookmarked, uh, you know, three, four years ago that if we can keep a lot of these kids together, it could be a real special group. So um, I said we're 
we're uh, optimistic we could have a good run this year. But like I said, we got to get through, obviously, GT and Prairie at the regional. We'll only take the top two out, so we're going to try a way to knock one of them off to get the team sectional and see what we can do. But we are we should have a full lineup. We're going to have all 40 kids. Upperweights, uh, 215 and heavy would be our, our kind of our struggle to get those filled. But uh, having Espen and Hayden at the back end of that is going to be really nice. And uh, obviously, the Gazda kid is – um, he's, he's really, really, really turned into a nice athlete. Um, he and Espen Swears both made the Fargo national team and did represented very well out there. So, um, good off season and uh, we're excited. Well, coach, uh, part of that, you know, freshman class of 20 coming in, uh, I know I, I said, you've been a part of Austin wrestling since uh, 1996 in a coaching Avenue, because even though you stepped away from the high school as a head coach, you still were active in helping out with the, you know, the talent club, which I forgot when the name changed or not. Obviously, Boston always had successful wrestlers. But, uh, I think uh, with the talent club, it seems like the youth program has just really improved. And what did you do in that avenue or just what has the community done with the youth program to help improve it over these last uh, few years? Well, it's still, you know, we call it the Talon Training Center. Talon's obviously a playoff of the Golden Eagles, um, but uh, we're, you know, we're we're a separate group. We're with the Austin Wrestling Club. Mm-hmm. I'd say ninety nine percent of our our commitment and usage of the Talon Center is is from Austin Wrestling. You know, we're not we're not a club like uh, AWA or Law or things like that where we go mm-hmm. out and just bring kids in from every community. Uh, but it was something that I always thought was very important to try and be able to offer those training opportunities right in your community. You know, and it. I, I love Dennis Hall. Dennis has done a lot of training at our at our talent center too. But it always bugged me when the Delata boys had to drive all the way up to there to train with Dennis, or you know, go down to wrestle with Torkelson or whatever else. And uh, we had kids going down to Steiner, and I said, "Man, we got to we got to find a way to have those opportunities right here in our backyard." So uh, we bought an old building, oh, probably ten years ago, and we started renovating that. And then this furniture store came up for sale, sixteen thousand square feet. Uh, there's two levels to it. Uh, it's, it's just a monstrosity of a building, all spancrete, um, no pillars upstairs. So we have two full mats upstairs, and then we renovated the basement into a tire wrestling complex down there. We have a weight room, two bathroom shower, um, two full wrestling mats, uh, big, uh, like a big meeting area uh, with a concession area. And we, we've hosted tournaments there. We've had numerous, numerous camps there. Uh, college coaches from all over the country have trained there. Uh, Wisconsin girls uh, national team has used it numerous times for us, and it's just, it's opened up a lot of avenues for us, uh, but it's been a great thing for the community. We do a lot of other things. Uh, TNT Gymnastics actually trains there two nights a week and uses our facility. And so we've been able to offer out that. And, and uh, but the financial support has been the biggest thing. We've, you know, we got a long ways to go to get it paid off, but they're, but they're really backing us and helping us get along and do the things we want to do. So uh, I can't, our board of directors is awesome and, and our families and, and the, the history and, uh, just the Moss and wrestling community has just been wonderful to work with. And uh, coach, you plan on, is the high school team still going to practice at the school? With, uh, if so, what's the game plan for 40 kids in one mat? Team, you've been in that wrestling room. Uh, and I think you guys had about 30, I think that you guys were second at team state and a lot of um, three man groups. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's okay. But when you get to crunch time, you really got to start, you know, cranking it up and not have a lot of downtime in the room, you know, breaks are okay once in a while, but you want to have those longer sustained goals where you get everybody out there. So uh, we're going to, we we're looking at some transition areas where we can get down to the talent center. Obviously we can use it anytime we want, but um, getting the kids to be able to transport them down. It's only, you know, eight blocks away, but it's still a, a you know an obstacle to look at with the freshmen doing driver's licenses and things like that. But once our youth club gets going, that starts in December. Uh, the first 
And so we're just going to maintain ourselves right at the high school there and make sure we got our foundation built. And then if we, you know, if the numbers are there, which it looks like they're going to be, you know, I always say, you know, don't count your wrestlers till they show up in the wrestling room past the first week. So um, but, uh, we're excited. We're excited to be able to go down there where we have, like I said, two full mats downstairs, um, a big, big open area. They can really let it go. So it's a nice problem. To have, let's put it that way. <laughs> that is a good problem. Coach, I got to ask, and we talked about this a little bit, but have you noticed even in just your eight years of being a, a little bit away from the high school scene, has, has the technique changed as much, or do you have to go in, uh, like, have you had to change your coaching style at all between this gap, or I guess how have you changed as a coach between the two stints? This stupid funk wrestling, you know, my gosh, these scrambles and just, uh, you know, Jason Chambers, my assistant, is um, he loves watching that stuff. You know what? And you know the Kyle Dakes number. They just you know the, the match <laughs> doesn't. You know, the scoring never ends. It's like you you yep. you know I say watching college wrestling and higher level wrestling. I was like kindergartners wrestle because you can't give a reversal because there's gonna be another reversal before the scoreboard gets it up. You know, and it's just points here, points there. But you know if you let it go that way. But we're um. You know, when I, my first round of coaching and when I wrestled, it was, you know, the Tom Brands, the Dan Gable era. So it was all the, you know, the really brutality wrestling, the heavy, mm-hmm. heavy on the head, um, just snap, snaps. I mean, Mark Wilcox, my wrestlers, he just, you know, he <laughs> Doug Schwab was his big idol. And it was just, he, I think he challenged himself to see how many times he could snap a guy's head during a match. And I think one time it was like 42 times he snapped the kid. And I'm like, well, it's, <laughs> the kid couldn't walk after the match, but it was more like a fight than it was a wrestling match. But um, yeah, you know, and that's good stuff too, but it's, you got to kind of find that happy medium now. Um, the hardest part, like I said, is C is the scrambling and you have to, uh, when you shoot your shots, you got to be crisp with your finishes and you can't have that delay. You know, you shoot a high crotch, you can't have that one second delay there, uh, where that guy can turn his hips to square up with you because it's going to be a scramble from there. And, um, so I think, you know, I, I really, I really see the importance of freestyle and Greco in these, in this era now because of, you know, when you're wrestling freestyle, I was always, when we grew up too, you, if you stopped, you know, that's when, you know, if you shot a shot and didn't finish it right away, you were getting crotch lifted. So, you know, you had to work to really get to your finish right away, turn square on the hips and secure them legs right away. So um, I think that's been the biggest change. And like I said, it wasn't a style of wrestling that I did, um, you know, but I see leg, leg riding's coming back a lot more now. Um, and that was huge in the late eighties, early nineties. So, you know, there's, there's things that I can, I can still add some things in the room once in a while. So, uh, but having, you know, I don't care what anybody says having good assistance in your room, uh, especially when you get to my age, I'm 50 years old I've been wrestling since I was four. So my body's beat up, you know, so I, I still have my goals, but I kind of got to pick and choose what I can do in the room. Um, uh, so having, uh, some younger assistant coaches, whether they're just out of college or whatever else, um, that's, that's the most important thing right now, because these uh, you know, the lower level kids, you can really train quite easily at any, anybody can. But when you start getting, you know, the Drake Gazdas and the Espen Swears, like in Hayden Gillen in our room, I mean, you got to have some guys that can go with those guys and, and yep. push them. Um, because, you know, and you were with, with, with like Colin in your room and Spencer at the time, you know, just, um, you know, you just can't have them out there just beating the crap out of some freshman day after day after day. That's not getting them better. You know, they got to have somebody that can push them to that next level and, training partners. And that's why we're excited about the extra kids in the room this year too. It's going to create better goals and uh, better matchups in the room that really push the kids. A little bit of iron sharpening iron there. There you go. You got it. And uh, Tommy, last question for you. Cause I, I forgot to put it in the intro and I'm so mad at myself, but 
I know we, uh, I know we always uh, nicknamed you the ref rider when we were in high school. And uh, you, you said your perspective on that has changed a little bit over the years. Did you, did you just happen to find peace? Did you do some meditation or did you realize that maybe I don't need a, you know, <laughs> maybe this just I isn't did. worth the time or energy anymore. But. Gee, I just took a drink and I almost spit it all over my computer. That was awesome. <laughs> well, you know, I, I've obviously probably matured a little bit with age, but uh <clears throat> Um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for officials and I think they have a lot of respect for me too. And it's, it's, it's never been about, uh, um, you know, when I get on a ref, it's, it's more about the passion for the sport and the passion for my kid and battling for my kid. And one thing T you remember as a wrestler, I told you guys don't ever, you never say a thing. You never respond to a ref. I said, because you got coaches on the side that'll do it for you. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I'll go back to the same time. You know, I grew up, um, you know, wrestling in college and, and uh, watching Dan Gable and guys like that on the sidelines and watch, well, now you can watch Terry and Tom Brands run around and jump up and down too. So, um, but you know, it was a little more, it was a more uh, acceptable back then, you know, now you got this little one foot spot in front of your chairs and you can't blink at the ref, I think anymore. So, um, you know, we've been told as coaches, we can't do a lot more. And I, I wish they'd give us a little freedom, at least to stand up and stretch our legs out at the state tournament, but we can't even do that. So, um, you know, everything's taken as, as, as they're, they're challenging me, you know, and it's like, no, that's not the case necessarily. So, you know, I learned uh, over the years how to word your things a little better. You know, the, the, you know, you know, you know, my famous line was at by state years ago, don't you Teague? the, uh, with the, when uh, the Cunningham boy and the Wanakee got their big rule, uh, we had a huge match and we ended up losing on a really bad call, which I thought, I still think it was, but <laughs> we, were, we were way out of the tournament. We were, I mean, we were, we were not in the picture for a trophy or anything. And it took the Cunningham boy out of the semifinals. And uh, I don't know, it was Bobby or it was Bobby Wanaki, I think, but uh, the ref, uh, we lost a team point because we were, um, we were getting a little hot and heated. And he, he said, keep it up coach. And I'll take another one. And I said, well, we're not here for team points. We're here from wall charts. And he just took one from us. So <laughs> that was my, that was my famous one. I, I kind of like that one, but That's no, one. you know, I got a lot of respect for the referees. Uh, it's not an easy job. And, you know, I've, I've roughed enough over the years, whether it be youth club or middle school and, and a few high school matches too. It's, it's not an easy gig, you know, and, and it's, you never have the right angle. And, uh, just cause the one coach can see it from one side doesn't mean the referee can see it from the other side. So, um, but no, I've had a lot of respect, you know, Scotty Brookman and some of those, I, we're, we're real, really good friends. And so, you know, I, I'm one that never carries that grudge. Uh, you know, they, they respect that we, uh, that we're passionate about our sport. Uh, we're passionate about our athletes and, um, you know, we got to have their back a little bit too. Um, but, uh, you gotta, you gotta respect, you know, the judgment calls are tough to tough to, you know, really get on them about. Um, but like I said, when there's a rule, rule clarification and things like that, um, you know, there's a way to go about it though, you know, mm-hmm. and, and stay professional. And, and I've learned that this way around. I mean, some of the coaches even said something, the refs even said that it's not like you were in the old days. And I was like, well, I've, I've uh, grown up a little bit, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I can still clearly hear what's the bottom guy doing in your voice. Oh yeah. Oh, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, he's never doing anything when we're on top. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, last little surprise here. Um, I uh, I didn't. I figured I'd disappoint you if I didn't have Boston gear, Tommy. And because uh, oh boy, <laughs> we we were we were gifted uh, some some shirts from Mike Rogie. So I'm rocking my my Prairie du Chien gear tonight. Ah, Steve, nice. I can get that to you on Saturday. Yeah, I was say, let me see that again, Teague. You've had it for so long. I oh, nice. Oh. That looks good. 
I can get that for you on Saturday at Who's the Big Cheese. Um, I, I do have also my uh, Delada Davies 2011 state qualifier shirt over in the corner, but if go. I put that on, it might rip to shreds, but I got a, I got a little present for you guys. And Tommy, don't be mad. I can return this, but just give me one second. Oh my God. He still got one of his high school singlets that he was supposed to turn in. Oh my gosh. No way. Please don't put yeah, that on. I'm, oh God. It is. Teague, take yeah. off the sweater. Nice. <laughs> oh, no. there you go. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, Teague, you're supposed to turn that in. That's like called. <laughs> you don't realize how tough budgets are, buddy. I can't get uniforms. I'm trying to. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I got kids that go to eat the sillet now because you haven't turned your sillet in. Teague just admitted on air that he's a thief. <laughs> oh, my oh my gosh! I, yeah, two head coaches on. Maybe it wasn't the move, but <laughs> I, I, I'm like, this is this is the one night I'll give it back at Pi State. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny because Kyle Randall actually brought his donation over for the youth club the other night, and he turned in one of his singlets. And I'm thinking, I want high school too. I'm like. I was not in charge of equipment return. I'll talk to Colin Delato about that and ask him why you didn't get your singlet back. <laughs> I, I don't. I didn't see when this came up, Teague, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's right after you took off your shirt. But Hunter Watchery says, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> uh, Hunter's oh, yeah. tuning in because uh, we have a tough fantasy matchup <laughs> going on tonight. I have McCaffrey and he has Purdy. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it because you were showing that sweater underneath your shirt, but I, I realized it's because you stole the singlet. Like, this, is a, this is a kid's show for crying out loud. Don't be showing that stuff. Thankfully, we didn't lose our viewers. So. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, who wants to talk about Nakusa? Yeah, here uh, we go. Uh, Nakuska, isn't it? Nakuska. The second K in Nakuska is silent. <laughs> <laughs> Nakuska. Yeah, that's that's right. We I still say that sometimes. You're like, why do you call it Nakuska? I said, I don't know. My old coaches used to say it. No, you want this story too, Teague? How, how much time we got tonight? It'll d- keep oh. rolling. <laughs> well, well, real quick. The Nakusa had this uh, uh, big, big guy who was their assistant coach years ago, and I used to go help when my brother Mark was coaching JV, and they had the Lacrosse Central, their JV tournament. And we're over there for the seed. They had seeding meetings for JV tournaments, believe it or not. And they're arguing over seeds. And the guy up front, this old guy, kept saying Nakuska. And he yelled and he kept saying, Nakuska, how's your 52? He stands up and he goes, he stinks. And the second K in Nakuska is silent. So that's what that came from. Way back then. And so, it's, uh, yeah, that one will never die. But Love that. Coach oh, Thurber yeah. up there. My old, my old nemesis, Coach Thurber up there, so. Um, we had really good wars back in the day. He's one knocked me out. My, I think he was a year older and two years old. No, a year older. He's he was state champ when I was a junior. So, but uh, we had some good wars and we still still good friendships. So, but he's got a nice. Uh, he's got a big youth club start. His junior high numbers were great the last couple of years. So, I'm starting to think they might see some transition there. Uh, yeah, Coach Thurber does a great job, and his daughter uh, Brooke back uh, coaching for Nakusa as well. You talked about Maddie from Austin. Um, Nakusa with a couple of state qualifiers on the girls' side. Uh, just, yeah, it's a uh, girls wrestling in this sectional is going to be really tough to make it out of this one this year. A little more on Nakusa. They were 11th in the Richland Center Regional with 52 points. They are returning all seven of their starters, and they'll be led by returning sectional qualifier Sawyer Ostrom. Yeah, so there's good style. Yeah. Yeah. He'll probably be 26 or 32 pounder right in him and Drake battled the last couple of years, but 
uh, good solid kid and works hard. So um, I don't, uh, I think he'll make some noise this year for him and be nice to see them get a kid down to the state tournament. So <clears throat> next up here is a Prairie Duchene who was first in the Richland center regional with 274 points. They beat Kowaskum 47 to 30 and Lodi 32 to 26 at team sectionals. Then at team state, they beat Baldwin Woodville 45 to 21 uh, lost to Luxembourg Casco 37 to 20 in the finals from that team state runner up team. They're returning nine of their 13 starters and 184 and a half points. They do lose a Rhett Koenig, uh, Mr. Four time estate champ himself, uh, won it his fourth last year at 138. Luke Kramer, who plays fourth at 152 pounds at state and a Brogan Brewer who uh, placed a fifth at 170 pounds last year. Also, uh, they had a place winner, Maddox Shaka, who uh, graduated. Uh, he was state place winner, was hurt last year for the individual tournament. Uh, they are returning a Drake Ingham, who qualified for state at 126. Jeremiah Avery, who placed fifth at 160 pounds. Bryce Lenzendorf, who qualified at 170. And a Blake Theory, who, as uh, Steve, might join Brandenburg as one of the best three-sport athletes that we know in the state. He placed fourth <laughs> at 195 pounds last year along with sectional place winner, Drew Hurd. Uh, Coach Miller, it has to have been fun watching uh, Prairie Duchene throughout all these years. I, I know they've always had solid wrestlers, but they've really turned into a top-notch program these last few years. And a lot of teams losing three state place winners, you might be concerned. And honestly, with Prairie Duchene, I, I really am not. I think they're going to find a way to replace that production. Maybe not fully, but uh, they're still going to have a very, very good team this year. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to replace a Rhett Koenig by any means. But uh, like I said, they they seem to re- really rebuild nice. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what they got coming in this year for younger kids. But uh, uh, like I said, they're, they're solid all the way through. And they got a great great program, uh, very aggressive. They, they're attacking all the time. And, um, you know, it's, that's been a strong tradition for a long time. Mel Dow used to be the coach there for a long time when I first had my first roundabouts we had some really good wars back in the day um but as I did I have them as one of the one of the teams that are in our intersectional letter you know and I, I think one of the top teams in the state right out of the gate no way you can't deny them that yeah and coach we had coach Mike on obviously the second time and we had red on and uh Mike just one heck of a guy intense and he were you know we were a little bit worried you know, not worried, right? For Prairie Duchene, think they lost a lot, but uh, the way he talked about their program, they just reload every year. And and folks, if uh, and T can tell you which podcast it is, I know he's probably got it memorized with that brain and everything. But we had Red on for as a four time state champ, and uh, great. I mean, loved watching him wrestle, right? I mean, you can just tell who he is, and uh, obviously his his last his last match was so impressive what he did. But talk about one of the nicest, most humble. Uh, he, I was just, I was so impressed with him even before he became, came on the podcast, but after we had him on the podcast, man, that's uh, one heck of a human being. If you want to just, uh, parents, kids, if you want to just, uh, listen and learn what it's like to be a champion, uh, listen to, and, and an all around great character, great kid, check out that podcast with, uh, with red on came out, uh, April 6th this year. I did put the link in the comments. So yeah, highly recommend, uh, as Shane Sparks says, just uh, has 70 gallons of high-octane jet fuel is what he's made of. <laughs> Next up here is a River Valley, who was a fourth in the Richland Center Regional with 152 points. They are returning to five of their 10 starters and at 95 points. They do lose Landon Radke, who plays third at 145 pounds, 
and Zach Earns, who qualified for state at 220 pounds. They'll be led by Noah Radke, who placed sixth at 132 pounds, along with sectional qualifier Wyatt Knockreiner. That's uh, that program. There's a lot of tradition. Um, you know, back when I was in high school, that was they were one of the teams to beat every year, um, and uh, they were they were at our section. That was back when you didn't have dual meet, obviously for team score and stuff, but. They were a year in and year out. Uh, Todd Omens, the Stafford and uh, Hatfields, and I think those rad those rad keys back in that day too. So um, you start seeing them family names just get recycled. Uh, but they're they're going to be a team that's going to write in there this year. They, they don't have, you know their numbers are down a little bit, but uh, when you put up some big numbers with those studs, and that's the big thing with these super regionals now is uh, you know the, that the, that depth doesn't make as much of an impact. You know when you only had seven or eight teams there. You know, the team that just came with 14 kids was going to score really well. But now uh, you really got to you really got to have some high level kids uh, to score some serious points. So, yeah, we just had a deal with legals in the late. Well, actually, River Valley in 2014 had six kids on their team, and I think five of them were state place winners or something. They had a really impressive team in the mid 2010s. We're just. If you were wrestling a River Valley kid, you knew your work was going to be cut out for you. And Teague, you missed Richland Center unless you got a different alphabet. Nope, I did. Yeah, yeah, good call there, Tommy. We <laughs> going back to Richland Center here. They were ninth in their regional with seventy-one points. They were turning five of their eight starters into thirty-six points. They'll be led by Ethan Haiti, who placed sixth at one hundred and six pounds. But, uh, they're also, they also have Emma Haiti on the girls side as well. And, uh, Ethan and Emma, I think they were two of three. It was one of three sibling pairs that, uh, qualified for state, which is pretty cool. Their dad, I think his name is Scott. He coaches at North Crawford Seneca, but yeah, Richland center, maybe one of the best places to host a tournament too, by the way. Yeah, they do a nice job. That's been our sectional donor for a long, long time. Um, yeah, that Haiti name, that was North Crawford. Um, well, there's a four timer in that family and, uh, Pete Haiti was the dad over there coach for years and years and years. And so, um, rich tradition in that name there for sure. But, um, I think Gunderson's still coaching down there. It doesn't, they do, like I said, a lot of, a lot of rich tradition in there. And they, like I said, they do a great job running that sectional donor. That's not an easy tournament to host, but I think it's at, uh, they're going to be a super, they're doing the regional this year because sectional's back at the Dells this year. So is it uh darren i think i i think it might be a gunderson yep darren gunderson yep great uh hospitality room too might i they do um, amazing coaches room that's hey, and that's everything you know and i've always felt everybody running a tournament now you want teams to come to your tournament all about the coaches room we grade the coaches room us coaches do that we we have a you know we rate the refs at the end of the year and we also rate the coaches room so <laughs> nice. T, can you hear me Yep, we got you back, right. Steve. I kept talking, and I'm like, crap, I bumped my cord, and uh, they can't hear me again. So I was going to hammer on you for missing Richland Center, too. Coach was much much nicer than I was. But uh, Olive Corbett, state qualifier of River Valley. And then uh, I don't know if you said it already. I, I heard you talking about Hades, but Emma Hades was a, a female state qualifier for Richland Center as well. Yeah, the Haiti it was a one of three, Steve-O, along with the Peaches. And there's one other sibling combo in there that made it on the boys and girls side. Uh, next up here is a Viroqua who was at 10th in the, the Richland center regional with 64 points. They were turning seven of their 10 starters and 23 points. 
They do lose Ethan Dobbs, who was a state qualifier at 132 pounds. They'll be led by uh, Trayton Schmidt, who placed a sixth at regionals. Viroqua, another team you can always depend on having a couple solid wrestlers in their lineup. I mean, they're only a, a couple years removed from Kale Anderson being a state champion. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can see them. We could see Schmidt or someone else make that step and either make it to sectionals or state this year, Coach Miller. Yeah, it's, that's just a great program over there. We've had a good connection with Viroqua many, for many years. Uh, Coach Anderson and I were great, great friends for many years. And, um, you know, the program stepped back a little bit, but I think it's uh, they'll rebound nice here. They've got some good young kids and a uh, good youth program. And, uh, you know, the Hannahs were over there for a while and, uh, you know, they, they relocated and everything. But they're, they're, they're a nice, nice group of guys over there and um, can't very respected of that program. So. Well, coach, I know we talked about this and this is weird. Cause I, you told the story in high school and we just revisited it a couple of months ago, but I think now would be a great time. We can get it out on the airwaves here. If you want to talk about the state tournament in that early two thousands, where a uh, pretty cool moment involving a wrestling team from our, uh, from our regional and sectional. Yeah, I just thought just now hair stands up on my arms, T, but yeah, it was, uh, <clears throat> I'm telling you what year it been. Kelly Byers is uh, junior year, senior right in there, and um, they had a wrestler named Corey Henry who was uh, just a phenomenal wrestler, phenomenal athlete, very well known throughout the state of Wisconsin. Um, and back then they said they had regular regional, <clears throat> but only the top two obviously made it out of regionals, and we had, we hosted regionals that year, and we had Kelly Byers who was defending state champ, uh, Mike Rowitz, and, Cor- and then Corey Henry, and they ranked one, two, and three in the state. And they were, they were by far, I think, the three best kids. There was no doubt about it, but only two were going to get to go on. And I actually called the WA before that and said, this is why you got to fix this. You can't take the top three from sectionals and have the top two from regionals and leave the best kid home, you know. Uh, but Kelly beat uh, Henry in the semis in just an absolute war. Um, and after he beaten Rowitz, and then Rowitz and Henry went for true, third, or true second, and Henry beat Rowitz really close. Which is, they were all like one-point matches over time, whatever it was. And uh, that was on a Saturday, and then uh, <clears throat> so Monday morning I get up from uh, getting ready for school. I was actually substitute teaching at the time at Mauston, and uh, Jim Dillon, our principal now, was a teacher then. Um, he calls me, and he says, Coach, Coach, uh, did you hear the news? And I'm like, what's going on? He says, I just heard on the radio that there was a bad accident by Viroqua. And he goes, I heard through the, through the ropes that it was Corey Henry, and he was killed. Uh, Corey was uh, a young kid. He was only he was a junior. I think they were all juniors at the time, and uh, they owned a dairy farm there. And um, and uh, one of his friends was uh, helping milk cows that night, and they he went to take them home after they got done milking cows, and they hit a patch of black ice and rolled the truck, uh, and he was killed in the wreck. Uh, so obviously uh, his spot was vacated then at sectionals, and so Mike Rowitz got to take his spot. Um, you know, you know, and I said Kelly, him and and uh, and Mike were all very very close friends, and. Uh, we thought our, you know, we, I had always had respect for Roqua, but man, that, that, that brought us together to a whole nother level. I remember going over on, I want to say the funeral was on Thursday, that week before sectionals, um, or might've been, yeah, I think it was the week of sectionals there. And, and, uh, coach Anderson did probably one of the most uh, meaningful things I ever, I ever seen as a coach. Um, we sat, uh, we got to the school over there. We took a bus, a van over with all the wrestlers and we got there and the line was, all the way across the parking lot and we, we there was no way we were going to get in and uh one of the um with the keenan boy came out and uh he he said coach miller he says they want they got a spot for Austin up in front and we came up and we were up and towards the front of the gymnasium they brought everybody in and had a quick little service there and 
we got done and I walked down to coach Anderson just to, uh, you know, give him my condolences and things. And he grabbed Kelly and um, Kelly Byers at the time and, and just said, Kelly he said, everybody here is telling you to win it for, win it for Corey, win it for Corey. He says, you don't do anything, but do things for yourself. He said, uh, you got enough pressure on your shoulders. He said, just, just go, go do things for yourself. And uh, so Kelly got to the sectional finals and met Mike Rowitz in the, in the finals, obviously. And um, Rowitz was beating Mike uh, Kelly by three and Kelly hit a lateral drop with like 15 seconds left and put him on his back for five and beat him by one or two, whatever the heck it was. And uh, they had planned at the time they were going to hold up Corey's uh, warm up. So they went to the center of the mat and held that up to the Broca section. And the whole place at Richland Center came to their feet for just a you know a standing ovation for felt like hours. Um, so they planned on doing this again at the state tournament. And uh, WIA wasn't real. Uh, they weren't accepting to it at the time. But I said, well, they're going to do it. I said, you can try and drag them off there. But. But Kelly, when I won a state title that year, uh, Mike placed that camp if he was third or fifth or what he where he ended up. But uh, they went to the podium, and after Division One, they went to Division Two awards, and then they just stepped back and they had his warm up, and and the Division Three got done with their awards. And I was like, told him, I said, wait till all the awards are done, so you don't take away from anybody else. And and they just stepped up on the awards podium at the Cole Center, and I remember it was kind of unique because all the as soon as they get done with the awards, all the media guys go running into that back tunnel to try and catch the interview with the state champs and things like that. And so all the media had kind of ran out of the out of the coal center and they stepped up and they sat on stood on first and third. And they held held his warm up over the first place spot that was vacated on the awards podium. And they just stood there for a few minutes and I had a few minutes, I guess a few seconds. But all of a sudden there was a couple of claps and everybody else started realizing what was going on. And here's 16,000 people coming to their feet. And it was just the longest, loudest ovation I have ever heard in my life. And it was so unique because all these media people are out there in the tunnel interviewing. And all of a sudden they hear all this commotion going on in there. So they're like, what the heck's going on in there? So here you got about 150 guys running through the tunnel with cameras trying to get back out there. Uh, but it was on it was on the front page of every paper in the state of Wisconsin. It was all over the news and it was just just an unbelievable thing. And I remember um, the state journal had their 10 moments of the year, you know, and it's always like Packers winning a Super Bowl or, you know, Bucks winning this game. And here was number three on their list. It was Kelly Byers and Mike Rowitz, you know, doing their tribute to Corey Henry. So, uh, but no, so much respect for that Henry family and uh, coach Anderson and whole Veroca team over there. I mean, it, uh, how many years ago it was now, but man, it just, it, to me, it seems like it was yesterday. Um, you know, and as a father now it's, you know, I can't even fathom what what a dad could go, how a dad would ever or a mom um, could even deal with something like that. So, uh, but it was uh, it was a pretty heartwarming experience, and and it literally brought our two communities together. And like I said, still to this day, you know, it's it's something we still talk about. Um, Mike Henry is still on my Facebook, and we chat all the time about things and and share things once in a while. So, uh, as as uh, as horrible as it was, they said it uh, it did bring our two communities together and our two programs together for life. Coach, I appreciate you sharing that. I just, uh, that was one of the first thoughts when I had you on was we got to tell this story because A, you're a great storyteller and B, that's something that should not be forgotten to time. So I appreciate you and you, yeah, you told it wonderfully, man. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk some more wrestling here. We got a Tommy, we have almost the whole South Central in here. Um, We got Watoma Wild Rose up next to was 11th in the Portage Regional with 56 points. They returned eight of their 10 starters and 25 points. 
They'll be led by uh, Brady Abitz, who will place the fifth at regional. So another team uh, with the guy just looking to break through, um, get someone to a sectional Saturday this year. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a it's a program. Like I said, that's some of these programs, they just need them guys to get down there to really to really spark the interest in their schools. It really draws a lot. But, uh, you know, they said they got a lot of kids back. Um, their numbers are okay. Um, but we'll obviously we'll see them in a duel right away at the end of the year, too. So, um, but like I said, it's, it's a nice program over there, but like I said, just trying to get a, get to that next level. Um, I, I got a message real quick, uh, correcting on the Haiti family situation. Um, All right. Pete is Emma and Ethan's great uncle. Adam is their dad. Scott Haiti's the four timer. That's why. So Scott wrestled for North Crawford Seneca. Adam coaches at North Crawford Seneca. Apologies to the Haiti family, but when you have that many good wrestlers going on, I guess uh, it'll just uh, (laughs) you'll mix them up every once in a while. Right. If they had a little less talent in the family, it'd be a little easier to keep it straight. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. Next up here is uh, Wisconsin Dells, who was six in the Richland Center Regional with 103 points. They returned six of their 13 starters and 41 points. They do lose at Dylan Warren, who qualified for state at 182, and Lennon Strode, who uh, qualified at 285. But they are returning and Nick Ursland, who made to the Cole Center at 113 last year. And the Dells only returning six back. Coach Miller, you're more familiar than anything. You know they're probably going to end up with close to a full lineup again. You know what? I talked to the coach last year. He said their middle school numbers were not good, but uh, they always seem to find kids to come in the room. They always seem to skin fold 25 to 30 kids. Um, and that's, that's been their strength the last few years is just filling that lineup and getting kids out there. And, you know, and, and they said, every time we seen we duel them, we got a couple holes that we're giving up 12 points right away. And that's just tough to make up. So, uh, they did graduate a lot. They had a big senior class, uh, last year and, uh, the Strady kid was a great heavyweight for them. And, uh, uh, like I said, Warren and Ursland's back. So, uh, Warren's gone, but Ursland's back and, um, Nick's, Nick's a good solid kid. Him and Drake have have uh, wrestled several times, but he's a little lighter than Drake is now, I think. So, uh, but they'll be they're they're a team that we you know like I said, as far as our conference, a small conference, but it's just it's it's a fun rivalry. We do have a fun rivalry with them. That's uh, that goes way back to when I was in school. So um, we'll look forward to that duel. <clears throat> All right, Steve-O, first round of predictions here. Pull out the coin. <clears throat> That's you. All right, I'm up. Uh, I'm up first with this one, and this one's really interesting. And uh, coach can't believe a Austin grab might be the one giving you uh, the bulletin board material here. But uh, <laughs> I, I do have this one uh, as as the top two. I, I do have a pretty clear cut top two, and basically just my rationale behind it was the dynamic was really interesting behind uh, Prairie Duchene and GET, and that all the teams who finished in that top half either a went to another regional or B they're not returning a lot of starters. All the teams that finished in the bottom half are returning most of their starters. So there's just, there's going to be a lot of question marks for me. A lot of stuff is going to be sorted out throughout the year, but we're going to have no idea how stuff shakes out until that regional Saturday. So coach, it's going to be uh you know, from Austin, if I think you know, get into like a top top four, top five finish, that'd be awesome for the Golden Eagles this year. It's just going to be a crowded field. Like I said, I just have no idea what's going to happen there. I know you want to get to the top two, so you can use that quote as motivation. But I just uh, when you have Prairie Duchene, who is returning nine starters, and I know I 
think they might have another Kane egg coming in either this year or next year. If it's next year, then it doesn't matter. But Prairie du Chien returning nine and 185 points. I think they'll be just fine. They have that mix of numbers and the top end talent to get those points in bunches like Coach Miller talked about. And then Melman at GET um, returning 11 of their starters from a team that scored over 200 points last year. I think just having a chip on their shoulder along with the talent and the coaching that they have, I just see it hard-pressed for uh, any of these other teams in the regional to beat them. So I'm going uh, PDC first, Melman GET second. Steve-O, what do you got? Coach Miller's probably has uh, a list of people you know, some people walk on the wrestling mat and they don't take off their shoes or maybe they've done something wrong. So there's probably like pictures standing outside of the restroom room of people not allowed in into the Mawson restroom. room. Teague's picture is now plastered on that for not picking his home team. Can't believe he'd do that. Wow, Teague. You know, I'm I'm most upset that he can't he can't even paste this in his third. Right. You know, right. I mean, well, top hey. five team, really? Top yeah. five? Yeah, no kidding. I, I here's the thing. I mean, I'll I, run I think sprints I've, later. <laughs> yeah, no that's, kidding. That's horrible, T. I've <laughs> I've moved up on the uh, uh, likability list above a Austin grad in, in the town of Austin because here's what I was going to say. I, I I came in not knowing who I was going to pick for my top my top three. I I kind of had Dell's um, Dell's got a pretty good tradition. You talked about it, but losing. I think I wrote it down. They lost. All their guys from 160 to 285, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a pretty – that's tough. That's a lot. But they have a pretty darn good football team, so drag some of those kids out, put a singlet on them, and let them go 500, right? But, uh, uh, Coach, you did what a good coach should do. You're excited for your program, having 20 kids come in to an already uh, – I like I said, I had Moss and Dells battling it out. But now you guys are a clear third for me, and I would not be surprised. I mean, this is uh, – Maybe you're one or two years out. You got to get some of those young talent to develop. Who knows? But the way, I mean, coach, you know, I mean, you and I wrestled in the greatest uh, decade ever, uh, the 90s, sure. uh, preceded by the previous be- best decade that you and I grew up in, which is the 80s, best music, best clothes, best everything. <laughs> um, but, you know, back then, kids didn't come in. You know, we came in as freshmen looking weak and not knowing what the heck was doing. We got, you know, our heads ripped off. Now freshmen come in and they're ready to go, right? So if you have some of those freshmen ready to go, could you could you make us eat crow and go to team state? Absolutely, and I would not be shocked. If, I'm sorry, team sectionals. I apologize. One step at a time. Uh, but like Teague said, my top two uh, based on what they have coming back: Prairie Sheen and Get Merrill's Mendoro. Who's number one? Who's number two? You know, it's like a beehive. Just put them all in there and shake it up and let them fight it out and see what's going to be. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be uh, PDC will be number one. Coach, I got to be a neutral part of the media. I hope Steve's right in his predictions. So there. <laughs> uh, I, I told you those are the two I had. I had asterisk. I think, I think pretty sheen, you know, like I said, these, these bigger super regionals now, you know, the, the big guns score a lot of points because you get 16 man brackets. So you get yep. bigger, bigger scoring opportunities to score with your top guys. You know, those 500 kids don't score you a lot of points in a super regional back in the day, they were instrumental, you know, so um, no, I, one of the two teams we're gunning for to try and knock one of those out of there. And I, I don't know if we can do it or not. Like I said, freshmen, it's tough. You gotta, it's usually halfway through the year before you have any idea what they got. And just cause they got some accolades at the youth level, that, that doesn't transpire into anything. So long ways to go. <clears throat> 
Next up here is the Dodgeville Regional, and this is the regional that really got shaken up by uh, this sectional going back to Southwest. So you have a whole slew of teams coming back in that were in sectional D last year that you'd see any other year. Fall River Randolph, uh, they dropped uh, Rio Cambria in Friesland, so it's just uh, Fall River and Randolph. It's uh, just River Randolph on the WIAA website. Just remember, it's Fall River, not River Falls, Coach Cody Andres. <laughs> um, but yeah, Lodi and uh, Dodgeville make the move over from the other regional in to this one this year. Uh, it's First up here is a Belleville Monticello New Glarus, uh, a.k.a. Sugar River, who was at third place in uh, their regional last year with 167 and a half points. They were turning 12 of their 13 starters and 163 and a half points. They are uh, bringing back all three of their podium winners and Blake Andres, who plays fifth at 113 pounds at state. Mason Mao, who plays fifth at 126 and Eli Leonard, who plays fifth at 152, I believe it was a freshman campaign as well, along with sectional place winner Riker Swenson and two more sectional qualifiers. Um, Coach Miller, we'll take it right to you. But, Steve, it's funny. You talk about uh, the regional beforehand kind of being a beehive. Uh, that's exactly what this one was last year when that in that race uh, <laughs> for the top. Um, you know, the biggest thing I see is that that's south – West corner has gotten to be such a hotbed right now. Um, you know, with Platteville down here and that Belleville, it's like you, you get those schools coming together. That's, that's a lot of points coming back, 163 points. So that's going to be a, you turn in 12 or 13 guys. That's, uh, that's going to be pretty tough, uh, tough road there. Next up is Belmont Platteville, who was a runner ups in the regional with 171 points at team sectionals. They lost 46 to 33 at to whitewater. They are returning 11 of their 12 starters and 141 points. They do lose Porter Mandarano, who was the runner up at 285. But they are returning Dylan Weigel, who qualified for state at 120. Mason Ulrich, who qualified at 138. And Caden Davis, who made it at 182, along with sectional place winner Albers Denavi and sectional qualifier Mason Mandarano. And uh, yeah, Belmont Platteville, we had a listener last year who near the end of the season said, because we reposted our picks, and I don't think either of us chose Belmont, and they just said, yeah, I think Belmont has a shot to make it, and I saw them at a couple of tournaments, I said, yeah, maybe they have the pieces, and lo and behold, they did, so shout out to that person who saw that one come in. Well, I can't remember if at sectionals they had, I mean, they only had 12 kids at regionals, but I don't remember if they had a couple forfeits at sectionals there or not, but I said that they take those two teams right there, both in that southeast southwest corner there. But you got, you know, you're looking at 23 or 25 if I'm at the track. That's a lot of kids returning in two programs there that were second and third last year. So you got a crap load of points there. Um, you know, Lodi is still going to be one of the teams we're going to talk about in a little bit, but um, I, I hard pressed to bet against those two teams right there. Teague, for all time's sake, you do have to say Porter Mandarano. Uh, you got to say his uh, nickname you have for him. Steve, that's someone else. What? Poor, oh, the Mandarano mullet. That's right. There you go. <laughs> I had another one in mind, but we'll, yeah. The man, yeah, that oh. was, uh, he, yeah. Oh, the no, that one's Evan coming Rots. up. You're definitely yeah. saying that one. That's got to happen. Yep. Mandarano <laughs> mullet. Yes. I've, I'm glad you reminded me of that. 
Yeah. Next up, uh, Broadhead Judah, who was at 10th in the Belleville Regional with 85 points. They're returning five of their eight starters and 68 points. That um, They'll be led by Joe Lomar, who qualified for state at 138, and Marcus McIntyre, who qualified for state at 145. Coach Miller, I'm sure he probably at sectionals had a couple of fun individual battles with the, these teams coaching-wise, because I remember they were in our sectional, our team sectional senior year, and they just had some hammers. And it just seems like they have one or two of those guys every year where if you wrestle them, you know, they're going to give you fits. Yeah, you know, their numbers are never huge. They never come in with, a, you know, a lot of kids. I mean, last year, but they have five out of eights at eight kids at Super Regional. But, yeah, just some hammers over the years. And I remember we never had them in our regional for a long, long time or sectional. They always came in at sectionals. And we, you know, so we really didn't know much about them. And then they always came with some inflated records, it seemed. But um, that didn't take long. And they started backing those records up. And uh, they were always, uh, you know, them teams that came from the Milwaukee area down that way and south that always seemed to be, um, towards the east more they they never seem to have enough to back things but they that's that's one team that really has come a long ways and they bring some good kids in the room next up is uh columbus who was 13th in the jefferson regional with four points returning all three of their starters from their lineup last year and uh brayden holdorf is their returning point scorer who wrestled <laughs> at 220 last year not just not, like I said, none of those programs just struggling for numbers. You know, um, they got uh, you know good tradition over there. There's been some good wrestlers over the years from Columbus, but just trying to get those numbers built back up again. But only said three three kids coming back. But uh, you know, if you got some to add to that, keep keep building slow. I mean, we all, we all go through these cycles, and you see so many programs over the years that have really struggled numbers wise, and um, just keep hammering on those youth numbers and trying to get those kids to transition. I'm excited to see. Hopefully, some growth here. Obviously, Columbus. Uh, we all know, uh, you know, kind of shocked the state world last year with their state football championship uh, in their in their win in D4 finals, and, and most people know what happened there. But uh, uh, good football program. Hopefully, that transfers over. I know last year I was at a meet, good friends with the middle school coach Jason Brunel. Who, by the way, his son just broke the state rushing record, Caden Brunel. Um, and they had they had at their middle school meet that I refereed at. They had about. 30, 40 kids out there at the middle school program. So hopefully with those numbers growing at the middle school level, you get some of those kids up in the high school and you see those numbers grow. So are they, are they not co-op with Spencer? Weren't they always Spencer Columbus? Uh, oh, no, you're thinking of Spencer Columbus Catholic. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's, that's, up, right. that's up by <laughs> Wausau. This is Columbus, Ohio coach. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, also real quick, Steve, this might affect picks. So I do got to break this on air. But um, Eli Leonard, uh, the fifth place finisher from Sugar River, did open and roll to Mount Horeb. So that might be, yeah, something to keep in mind and just so the folks know as well. Uh, All right. Next up here is uh, that changes things (laughs) is Cuba City Benton Southwestern, who was seventh in the Belleville Regional with 122 points. They returned eight of their nine starters and 94 points. They'll be returning Connor Bremeyer, who qualified for state at 126, and Kale Denar, who I think is the the 12th Denar to wrestle for Cuba City <laughs> over the years. Uh, he qualified at 170. Uh, they also have a uh, sectional place winner Fox Austin and sectional qualifier Landon Bush coming back. Yeah, just I the Donar name, man, oh man, but the 170 pounders. So I don't know, weren't they all? Most of those were all lightweights, light and middle maybe, but. 
Um, yeah, that, that's a name that uh, that was back in my day almost. I think, the, of course, that was probably the dads and the grandpas. But, um, but yeah, that name's been around for a long, long time. It's been it's everyone's day now at this point because there was dinars while I was in high school and there's dinars after and that yeah the the streaks just kept rolling so yeah Cuba City returned a few solid wrestlers uh, looks to have a pretty good year moving on to a Darlington Blackhawk who was up fourth place in the Belleville Regional with 164 and a half points they were turning 11 of their 12 starters in 147 and a half points. They'll be uh, led by Ethan Aird, who was a state qualifier at 113 pounds. Owen Seffrud, who placed third at state at 138. I'd say state qualifier, state runner-up for Ethan. Sorry, a lot of Darlington kids here. But Ethan um, was a state runner-up. Braylon Gable, who qualified for state at 152. Maddox Gable, who made it at 160. And a Ross Christ, who uh, made it at 195. Ross, uh, there's three Christs that wrestled for Darlington last year. Uh, yeah, coach looks to be a team that's uh, bringing back uh, not only a lot of numbers, but a great core as well. They got some hammers in that group there. The aired kid and that Seffrud was, I was so impressed with that one Seffrud last year. He bumped heads with Koenig and um, boy, they they just had some wars. But um, he said another one of those teams bringing 11 to 12 kids back. Uh, but there's that scoop. You know, you're probably missing two kids in that. And, you know, if you can get those last two spots filled up, you know, it, if you got that, uh, you, in this day, you got to have those 14 kids. Um, filling, you know, when you leave a couple voids like that, it really hurts when you start getting to the team aspect of things. But, um, no, they're definitely going to be a team that's back there. They said, you look at those top four teams in that, in that Silver Age, or what they returned, it's, it's, it's crazy. <clears throat> Moving on to a Dodgeville, who's the newcomers to this regional and uh, looking to shake things up a little bit, I think, as they were fifth in the Richland Center Regional with 125 and a half points. They were turning 10 of their 13 starters and 112 and a half points. And uh, <laughs> look at what they're returning here. Just a trio of state champions as they have Hawken Peterson, who won his first state title. He's one for one right now, won it last year as a freshman at 106. Charlie Might, who uh, might win his third state title of this year, uh, won his second last year at 113. And a Reed Spurley, who also, I believe, going for his third state champ last year at 120 pounds. Coach, how'd you like to have that back in your lineup? <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that, that's that's a coach's dream right there. You know, the nicest part about that is you got three kids in close weight proximity weight-wise that can work out with each other, too, because... And we talk about those high-level kids getting them training partners in the room. But, uh, no, it's just very impressed with those three. Three super nice kids, great wrestling families. Uh, the Hawk and Peterson kid, I could not be more impressed with them. Uh, just just so humble. Uh, you know, you talk about Koenig earlier on, you know, and I even Hawkin was, uh, you know, he even if he pounded on a kid that was, you know, very inferior on the mat with him, he would, you know, he respected the kid 100% and um, just, just carried himself with so much poise and, I even complimented his dad after uh, after regionals last year. I was very impressed with his kid and, and how he carried himself. So, uh, but uh, Moat uh, is the tougher spot in the Spurley kid. I know he had a knee injury. I'm, I don't know any report on him coming back. And from that, it's going to be a, um, like I said, that's a, that's a great trio to have right there for sure. <clears throat> Next up here is Edgerton, who was 13th in the Belleville Regional with 69 points. They're returning eight of their 12 starters and 27 points. They'll be led by Garrett Cottenauer and Logan Hammer, who both placed fifth at regionals. So 
Edgerton, uh, two guys who plays fifth, uh, maybe with a couple of good regional performances, might see two or three guys wrestling on sectional Saturday. Yep, I think that's a big step for them to try and get some kids to that next level, get them to sectionals. Uh, and, you know, once you get sectionals, anything can happen. So um, kudos to them, try and get some kids there. They got some good, you know, some decent numbers coming back and, and see what they can do with a little more, little more experience. I was uh, roughing a football game at Edgerton this year. I won't say who they're playing because uh, I like to try to rename, remain anonymous. But, you know, Teague, I've always said this. One of my first things to do when I get to a school is I try to sneak away and find the wrestling room. Guys, if you want to see an old school, gritty wrestling room, go check out Edgerton's. It is, it's got the, uh, it's got the, the aroma. It's got the, the, the things are kind of beat up a little bit. It reminds me of a place where Rocky Balboa might work out to beat Apollo Creed. Teague, Rocky is a, uh, it was a movie that was made about a boxer, kind of an underdog story. I just don't Thank know if you're you. aware of that yeah. a little bit before your time. But uh, I tell you what, I could. Uh, I walked up there and I took a look. It's got the ropes. It's got the. I mean, you might as well just put it in the middle of Siberia and have have Rocky train for the mighty Russian because that's how that's how it looked. It was pretty sweet. Next team up here is thank you, Steve. I love Rocky Four. That's my favorite Rocky, by the way. So it is. It is by far. It is by far the best. <laughs> Next up here, we have Evansville, who was the first in the Belleville Regional with 183 and a half points. Uh, team sectionals, they beat Martin Luther 63 to 15 and Whitewater 58 to 13. And at Team State, they did lose to Luxembourg Casco 63 to 9. They're returning 10 of their 14 starters and 113 and a half points from that team that made it to Team State. They are losing Mr. Owen Heiser, who uh, placed sixth at state last year at 182. Does have a state title to his name, by the way. I know he was hurt at the end of the year last year. But, uh, they're returning Blake Fry, who qualified for state at 106. Lincoln Keller, who qualified at 120. Mr. Danny Heiser, who right now is two for two, won his second state title last year in his sophomore year at 132, along with a sectional qualifier, Max Kather. Um <laughs> And they also have Colin Fry coming in who should make a pretty good impact. Uh, he is related to Blake actually. And uh, Steve, I always think when I think of Evansville, well, a couple things come to mind, but I always think of your, uh, you talk about their army of middle schoolers that they always seem to have. So I know uh, Evansville losing four starters, Heiser being one of them might be tough, but it's interesting. You see their team, they only won regionals by 12 points, but then they dominate at team sectional. So this just seems to be a team that really have it figured out on the dual end of things and just wrestling for each other, which is awesome. But, uh, Coach Miller, I think you could probably you know school me on this one if you know better than I do, but I don't remember Evansville qualifying for sectionals when I was in high school. They might have been in a different sectional, but they just went on a run where they started qualifying for sectionals. They had a year or two where they made it to team state, and now they just seem to perpetually be in that argument to be wrestling at the field house. So they just, they've really turned into a strong program uh, these last 10 years or so from what I've observed. Maybe they were great before that as well, but that's a little bit before my era. Yeah, way back in the day, they were never in our sectional, but I know, I think through your years, they were, but uh, they, they never had the strength to really bring many kids in when they did. I know they were, they were a team that had, you know, always had some decent records, but the kids seemed to fizzle out at sectionals, but 
these last uh, these last few years here, they have best they've been a team to be dealt with for sure. Um, they're an up and coming. Uh, Martin Hagen, actually one of our alumni from Austin, he coached on her a little bit, and uh, he always kept telling me, he said this team, this program's going in the right direction. And they hosted sectionals the one year down there. We're like, how the heck are we going to Evansville for a sectional? And uh, but uh, they did a nice job running it down there. We could definitely see their program was going in the right direction. But those Heiser boys, tougher and snot and uh, good numbers. And I said, I think on the dual meet end of things, you know, they put 14 kids on the mat, you know, and that's that's the biggest thing. I, and I don't, you know, I don't think they had some gaping holes in those 14 kids. I mean, you had, you know, anytime you can throw 14 weights and you put five or six studs out there, you're set. I mean, you're you're going to win a lot of duels doing that. Yeah. Teague, I'll hold on my commentary till a little bit later on this squad, so you can go on to the next team. You got it. Uh, we got Lodi up next here, who was second in the Richland Center Regional with 256 and a half points. Uh, they uh, beat Winnicani 43 to 24, and then lost to Prairie Duchene 32 to 26 at team sectionals. Returning 10 of their 14 starters and 176 points from uh, that team sectional finalist team. They uh, do lose Owen Brynig, who qualified for state at 138 pounds, and Mr. Zane Licht, multiple-time state champion, won it at 152 last year to close out his career. Just a great career. Uh, almost got the Wisconsin single-season takedown record. He did achieve his goal of breaking the Lodi single-season takedown record, but it is Lodi, and I got to take a breath before going through this, but they are returning Kyler Clemens, who qualified for state at 160, Mason Lane, who placed fourth at 182 pounds, um, also one of the best quarterbacks in the state right now. Isaiah Groskoff, who qualified for state at 195, and uh, Henry Keppen, who made it to the Cole Center at 285, along with sectional place winner Nick Week. And uh, Cody Andres, I just talked to him and wanted to get a little bit on the team this year. A big focus for Cody, of course, uh, along with building a great guys team, but he does have a big emphasis on building a solid girls program in these coming years. Uh, they've always had a couple of girls wrestlers, but now he thinks he has the stuff in place to where he can get a nice separate entity and have a good girls program. A couple of wrestlers to watch for on that side. Uh, Zoe Licht, who is related to Zane. She's coming in this year as a freshman. And uh, Mara Lane, who was a manager last year and just loved the sport so much, she'll be hitting the mats, which you always love to see that nice. transition. So knowing Coach Andres, uh, it seems like, well, it is a Lodi has a strong tradition. Everything he does seems to be met with success, you know, at some venture. So it'll be cool to see the progress that they make on the girls' end of things and, of course, on the boys' end of things. Coach Lodi, uh, <laughs> can't think of uh, many names that stick with our sectional more than uh, Lodi. Yeah, you know, everybody gives me crap because my first coaching round, I – couldn't win a conference title and I said well we had Lodi in our conference I think for seven years so um I think we were second to him six times but um you know Jack Ryan on back of the day it's funny you talked about the uh takedown record there I think it was Ryan Coots is probably the guy that he here's a good story on the takedown Jack Ryan one uh, I was remember State Journal had an art interview on uh, Coots and stuff back in the day and and they asked uh, coach Ryan you know you know being with your accolades and stuff and still Boom, you know, how do you do against him or something? And obviously he's so good on his feet and everything else. And Coach Ryan said, Well, you know, thinking back over the years, I've wrestled him a ton, and I I'm not sure how I would have no way of really knowing how many takedowns I have on him, but I know exactly how many he's got on me. <laughs> so 
it was uh, tongue in cheek there. That uh, even though even though he was uh, the the old elder statesman in the room, he wasn't uh, backing down to him at all. But you know that that program's um, you know Jack did such a great job down there, and he's still I still think he's one of the backbones of that program. And having his presence at a meet and walking around him and his wife, uh, they're just they're just you know they're the, the grand grandparents of wrestling here in Wisconsin. When you really start thinking of some people back um, in the day that have really helped transpire where our sport has gotten to. Uh, but yeah, it's scary when you think of 256 points and they were second at a regional, you know, that's, that's insane. Um, that's so I was not, I was not upset to see them go the other side <laughs> for sectionals anyway. I mean, I knew we weren't going to lose them on the sectional end of things, but if we can put them off for one more week, I guess that's not a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, uh, you know, Lodi being in sectional C, they've ran rough shot over pretty much the entire sectional. It's just been impressive, but just let it be known, Steve. Lawson yep. is undefeated against Lodi at team sectionals. Nice. We are. We are. We are. If you, I'm sure T can tell you that story, but it'd take a long time to tell it. I, hey. I talked about it on the Vision Quest podcast, actually. <laughs> I went through a I went through a whole retelling of the Lodi night. <laughs> you, was, you guys should hey, you guys should make shirts and Teague when we uh, potentially go and watch the Lodi Aquinas match and and broadcast it hopefully i mean we haven't got permission yet but we should you should wear that shirt to lodi and see how that works out for you uh, <laughs> one and you know, oh against lodi and team one in a, a team sectionals man that's a you know like like uh when you when you used to go to basketball games and we'd play teams i obviously didn't play i was in stands but you play teams that are really good and you get on the scoreboard first doesn't matter what happens it's it's the we scored first chant you know that's all you got to do yeah. right uh, there's been numerous times over the years when we were wrestling somebody really good and we'd be ahead after like three weight class and like somebody quick take a picture of the scoreboard <laughs> right <laughs> right or it's pull the fire change. alarm or something man you know yeah. let's get that like out of here that's that's it it's called it lightning um yeah good to hear Mar lane's coming out uh uh i wrestled uh in college with her dad who coaches bull lane and uh mar has refused to talk to me since i picked against her uh zane licked in the finals last year so hopefully i can redeem myself with some picks this year, but uh, yeah, excited <laughs> to watch Lodi, Lodi uh, this year. Just a great program, great history. Next up here is uh, Monroe, who uh, one of my favorite team names. We can discuss that in a minute here. Uh, they were fifth place in the Belleville Regional with 153 and a half <laughs> points. They are returning in nine of their starters and 99 and a half points. They had 11 uh, starters on their team last year. Uh, they are losing Jack Dubak. Uh, he was a state place winner at one point, qualified at 145 last year. And Steve, I hope this is not the last time that I say this. We got to find Bring another it. opportunity for it. But they they did graduate the man who finished third at heavyweight last year, the 2022 uh, by state heavyweight champion, the Navy football commit. Quesero Gigante, the giant cheesemaker himself, Isaac Bunker. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> they are returning Garrett Minder, who qualified for state at 113, and Christian Shu, who made it at 152, along with sectional place winner Owen Bagelli. Oh, I, I'm, I'm tearing up because I'm laughing, but I'm also so sad for that. For that moment. Oh, man. Well, we got to talk the, to him at, the, the floor is yours. <laughs> well, we got to talk to him at Bi State and uh, 
you know, talked to him about his nickname and he was just all smiles and laughing. It was, it was a good time. He, he had fun with it. So anyway, coach, that's all I got. Talk about, uh, talk about, in my opinion, the greatest, I was talking to, I was ref another football game with Monroe and they they were, they were winning the game pretty handily. And I said, we were talking to him. I said, man, you guys got the greatest. I said, I do a, a good buddy of mine and I, we have rated all the uh, state nicknames. And I said, you guys are number one. He goes, really? I go, yeah, we're number one. I go, do you know number two? And he goes, no. I go, the Hodags of Rhinelander. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So. It's funny. That'd probably be my top two there, too. You know, I don't, the Hodags <laughs> tough to beat. But, um, no, a great program down there. That heavyweight was fun to watch. I got to say, that by-state match in the finals, that was uh, that was one that was epic. That was for sure. So. <laughs> Oh man, my uh, Steve, the the highlight of it maybe came when Andy Crivellone took a picture with him. <laughs> yes, and sent it to us. That state, that was awesome. We were on the floor. They're like, "Yeah, this guy came up and just said, hey, okay, Sarah, we got it. Can I get a picture?'" <laughs> and, uh, and I asked him, "I go, did you know who that was?" He goes, "No, I know. I was just some coach from somewhere." I'm like, "That's awesome." <laughs> I think it was funny. It made the nickname the morning of by state. I, we were overtired. So everything was funny at the time. And then I think I yelled it when he hit the throw. I'll need to go back and watch the film on that, but, uh, good times. But Monroe, great program. Hope to see Shu and Minder make it back to the Cole center this year. Two teams left here in the sectional. We had a portage who was a fifth in their regional with 173 points they're returning the six of their 14 starters and 49 points, and they'll be led by returning sectional place winner, Landon Heitmeyer. Oh, Portage rich tradition down there. That was our, that was back in the original South Central Conference Day Teague. They were in the South Central years and years ago with Baraboo Portage, Reedsburg, Sparta, Toma. Uh, but we had some really good wars with Portage over the years, so. Uh, but good, strong tradition down there in that program. Um, and I don't think they'll be held down very long. I think they'll bounce back here. Um, you're going to see some good things out of them in the future here. Yeah, just notes I have on them is they do lose a lot, but uh, they have a good uh, – I, I should say good. They got a, a lot of numbers coming in at the middle school, and, and the kids won't be – you know, they're not any super stud freshmen coming in, but uh, need some time to develop. And obviously, uh, Portage is going to be one of those programs that are – you know, might take a little dip, but uh, they'll be right back to where they were. Uh, these past few years. Coach Miller was a uh, portage. Is that the heavyweight that coach Gillen wrestled his junior senior? Oh, yes. oh God. And I don't, don't get me started on stories about that. Uh, Phil, I was Phil Canales. Canales was his last name. Um, oh, Gillen, him had some wars for sure. And that was back when Lacey bus and portage were battling with Baraboo, um, for their conference titles every year. And, um, that was always a really, really big one. So but that was, man, we had, that one year in the heavyweights in our conference, I think it was four state medalists. Um, Cause Gillen was, I think he was the, he was second seed. Tommy Gall was from Baraboo, his state medalist. And uh, it was just an insane, insane tournament. Uh, you know, and you have, honestly, it was four state medalists at heavyweight that year. Well, we got our last team here. I want to give a shout out, Mr. David Kavistad for tuning in. Uh, Worked with him at KT for about a year now, and I'm really glad we became great friends. Not just a great guy, but his girlfriend makes really good baked goods. So that's just a, always a good end to get in on, you guys. When people can make good food, those are the people you want to get along with and stay with. So, yes. <laughs> Last school we have up here is a Fall River Randolph, who was 12th in the Portage Regional with 43 points. They're turning eight of their nine starters and 30 points, and... 
They'll be led by returning sectional qualifier Logan Olmstead. Oh, I don't have much on them. Like I said, it's not a team we see hardly ever. So, um, like I said, they're getting eight kids back. So, hopefully, they got some decent numbers coming up in their freshman team and um, put something together here. So, we're getting some kids. They got any sectional qualifiers back, did you say? Or? Um, yeah, Mr. Uh, it's uh, Logan Olmstead who made it. I didn't get the weight, but. And also, I don't know what the numbers will look like. I'm guessing if they dropped Ryle Cambria Friesland, I don't know if people were coming from those schools anyways, but it'll be interesting to see what they do have coming back. Right. Yeah. The co-ops are kind of interesting where we, we started one with Nasita um, just last year. Uh, we had a couple kids come down. Um, we have blank. We got three or four this year, maybe coming, but um, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not a huge fan of co-ops. I think it gives a school a reason to uh, basically get rid of a program. <clears throat> but I think anytime you can offer a school that doesn't have a program opportunities for their kids to get over and get wrestling you know, our long-term objective is getting to see the going again so that they can get the wrestling program going again. It's, I don't, I don't look at it as a 20 year plan. Um, obviously, uh, Cora Dillon's AD up there and that's our principal's mm-hmm. wife. So obviously we got a little connection with their school district. Um, but like I said, I, I, I like the co-ops and, and offering kids outside them districts opportunities to wrestle, but I think I'd like to see every school really push, uh, the more programs we have, the better our sport's going to be. So if we can push those teams to, not look at that. Hey, I'm gaining three kids and one of them's really good. You know, look at trying to what you can do to help that program grow and, and get them back on the ground so that they can be back where they were. So uh, back in my day, it was hardly, it was hardly any co-ops. Um, right. Obviously, back, I mean, very, very seldom um, once in a while. I mean, I assume they were, that was the regular, if there was one, it was hyphenated and we thought that was actual town. So um, sure. now it seems like it's getting to be, it's going to be way too common. Let's put it that way. But and I think it's just like I said, uh, it's an opportunity for school districts to cut a budget and say, hey, let's cut a program, get it out of here. Uh, let somebody else deal with it. So uh, I said, I challenge all these teams out there and say, what's what we're doing with Nasita right now? We're trying to get them built back up, but they got a youth program going again. They got a middle school program going again, uh, trying to get some foundation built back up where they can get back where they got eight, nine kids off for wrestling. And then they can take a program and go, you know, being a scenic plus with New Lisbon Royal and those teams. And, um, you know, if you can put nine, 10 kids on the mat, you can do really well in that conference. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yep. So we'll see what happens there. <clears throat> Brings us to our last, uh, while well, we got our second set of regional predictions here. Yeah. Uh, Steve, before I flip the coin, um, yeah. so yesterday was October 22nd. I always look at the memories of the podcast yep. uh, on our Facebook page. Four years ago, yesterday, I got my first piece of constructive criticism from a guest, and it oh. was from this sectional. And it's it, we laugh about it every year, and <laughs> I'm I'm going to be putting it up for the predictions for the rest of the evening on video. <laughs> for for the folks tuning in, I just remember being like six podcast episodes deep. I make my D two sectional C picks, put out the podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm having fun with this. <laughs> then I just read. <laughs> Dumb podcast commenting on regions you didn't even see. Anytime you want to wager on your prognostications, just let me know. And I, wow. <laughs> it took me a while. It took probably maybe a while just to be like, maybe our podcast isn't dumb. Maybe we are doing well. But <laughs> I'm glad I've gotten to the point that I can laugh about it because I was like, you know, I made it a goal every year to try and see every regional and sectional. It still hasn't come to fruition, but it's uh Teague, I'm impressed by two things. One, that you even know how to put that on the screen. And number two, that this person used the word prognostications, man. I mean don't even know what the heck that means. 
It's spelled right, and I'm surprised that Teague even pronounced it right. He did. I know. Hey, I, I, I like pr- I like pronouncing things correctly. <laughs> and I, I think spell if you spotted me the K and the T. The, the best part is, Steve, the person still listens to the show. So I did take, we talked about why my predictions were dumb. And yeah. I kind of, I looked at their thoughts more. And I, I think about it every time I make picks. So sure. we're just going to leave well, this up here for this sectional. Hopefully. <laughs> now, keep in mind, that was Teague's picks, not mine. I'm just, you know, I'm washing my hands of this. <laughs> All right. Let's get the, let's get the old coin out here. Yes. Uh, did not want to go first yes. on this one. All right. I uh, let's just, I'm going to get this out of the way. Um, Lodi, I have as my first team. That's just, uh, that's what I'm going with on this one. Returning 10 of their starters. I think they were not only, I mean, they could have been the best team in the sectional last year. They were very close to being the best team in the sectional. Lost that tough duel to Prairie du Chien. They were one of the best teams in the state. Uh, and I don't know, guys, that when Lodi wins as many regionals in a row as they do, they lost to PDC last year. But uh, when they make the team sexual as much as they do, returning 10 starters, I think they're going to be just fine. I have them as my first place team. Now, here we go for the second place team. And, fellas, this is why I love the new sectional setup. Yes. Steve, I feel like most of our conundrums and regionals we don't have a hard time picking champs a lot of the time. Not like we're right. right all the time, but when you really get into that second place team, there's a lot of, you see every year there's deserving teams that finish second yep. that uh, just didn't get a chance to wrestle a team sectionals. Now I think there's probably four teams that are deserving of a chance at wrestling at team sectionals out of this regional um, real quick. I had Monroe down. Um, as, as a bubble team, I don't know if they have a realistic shot of making it returning nine of their starters is great, but only 99 and a half points. And just given the crowd that they have above them, there's a whole slew of teams that I have a tier ahead of them that well, whether you did say they got the transfer in too, right? No, that's Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wrong. M. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think too much would have to happen for Monroe. Uh, but I have them as like a, a team that could be fun, could maybe, you know, shake things up. Uh, yeah, I have them as a team that's a tier below these teams I'll be talking about here. T- Coach Miller, you almost spoiled it right away, but so many of these teams are returning a lot of starters that were a part of this just absolute monstrosity of a regional where there was four or five teams that finished within 20, 30 points of each other. And it's just going to be an absolute bloodbath for the second place spot. Running through real quick. Sugar River, I'm going to take out of my running now because I think losing someone like Eli Leonard who could potentially get you 30 points in a regional that's going to be this close is going to be huge. But who knows? Maybe they can find a way to to fill those spots or find a way to make up those points. But Sugar River, I'll still put them in the tier. I do have them on the outside looking in for sure. Brings me to Belmont Platteville, who's returning 11 starters, lost 141 point or returning 141. Um, Evansville, who returning 10, 113 and a half. Darlington Blackhawk, who's returning 11 to 12, 147 and a half. All these teams, which is crazy. They're returning a lot of like they're returning a lot of state caliber guys. 
So we're going to see a lot of good battles in these regional semifinals and finals that determine how this shakes out. Dodgeville is going to make things really interesting. Here's the thing with Dodgeville. Fifth in their regional last year with 125 and a half points. You know, with 125 and a half, that might not be something I look into a whole lot further. But you got to think about the three teams they were behind. They were behind a team state runner-up, a team that lost to that team by six, and then GET, who also put up 200. When there was 700 points allocated amongst three teams, that kind of leaves the other 10 teams. There's, There's just not a whole lot to work with there. And Dodgeville might be getting, potentially, you have to assume they're getting 90 points if Spurley's wrestling at the end of the year. Uh, from those three guys. Now, the question with Dodgeville, Steve, is the West Bend West conundrum, right? Yeah, these three or four guys that are going to pick up a whole slew of points for you. What are the other 10 guys in your lineup going to do? I know they have another solid freshman coming in. I do think switching to this regional, we're going to see that supporting cast pick up more than the than the 35 and a half that they scored last year. But Dodgeville's really going to make things interesting. I think with this one, Steve, and we can dive deeper into it. I'm excited for your deeper dive into it because you're great with this stuff. <laughs> you pick a team out of a hat, right? And I, I know it's always tough to pick against Evansville, but I'm going to rock with Darlington Blackhawk this year. The one scary thing is I have reservations about all these teams for different reasons. They need to get to 14 starters for one. Sure. Their top-end talent is great, and for the most part, they don't match up with uh, Dodgeville's hammers at the bottom. I know Aird's in those lower three weights, but I think they have the guys who can pick up those huge points, but they also have the depth as well. They've proven that. They were only seven points out of making it to regionals last year. Evansville probably is going to have a full lineup again. It's just going to be interesting to see what they can get outside of their guys. They usually have a good team with depth, too. And then, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much we could talk in circles all night about this, Steve, but I'm going to go with Darlington Blackhawk. Uh, also, they have to dethrone Belmont Platteville, who was the runner-ups last year as well. So uh, maybe I'm making a mistake. You, you can't really go right with this, <laughs> or you can't go wrong sure. by picking either of these four teams, but yeah, I'm rolling so with good. Darlington. <laughs> wow, that's good. Yeah, I, this is, uh, I will tell you this, I've had... I have the most most teams written down for a uh, regional race to go to team sectionals that I've ever had out of any regional I've ever done since we've uh, started doing the podcast. I shouldn't say since they've gone to two teams going, right? Um, I'm going to go exactly what you said. I'm going to go um, with Lodi number one, which takes us to who is our two through six, right? I, I have five teams that I truly think are in the running for this, and I could be in crow on any one of these, right? But I'm going to go ahead and, and number them. Uh, Teague, I know you talked about him just highly. Uh, I, I have sixth place being Dodgeville. Uh, obviously, some great wrestlers in there. But here was the here was the thing that had me put him at number six. Last year, they had six wrestlers that were 500 or below. Okay? Uh, you're going in a regional like this. I think that bumps those guys out to maybe they might not even, you know, obviously, they're going to improve yeah. and things things like that but if that's if that was the case i'm kind of you know all i do is go off of last year which is right or wrong that's how i make my picks uh but i have sixth place being dodgeville um you know it's funny i may or may not i i don't know i was going to wait till talk and, and hopefully listen to you and i will tell you this i did have Belmill monticello nugaris uh, otherwise known as sugar river they may have been my pick 
uh, to go to team sectionals. I, I don't know yet. I was going to kind of <laughs> listen to analysis and make a game time decision. But um, based on what you told me, they dropped all the way down to number five uh, for me. Um, you know, they, they only lost previous to what I knew. They only had one kid that they lost. And that kid had a losing record, meaning a senior that was gone that's leaving had a losing record. But uh, Sugar River went to number five for me. Uh, this could be, uh, you know, kind of like last year, Teague, where we got that message about don't sleep on Belmont Platteville. Uh, um, they they easily could be the number two team, right? Um, you know, with only 12 guys last year, they were 12.5 points away from Evansville, which is really impressive when a team has, has 14 guys. But uh, uh, I, I have uh, – uh, BP is my number four team, which takes me to my conundrum of who who do I want to go with? Number uh, Darlington Blackhawk or Evansville? And I I battled with this one. I was I seriously had a three way race with Evansville, uh, Sugar River, and Darlington Blackhawk. Had no idea who I was going to really pick. I was still as as we were talking. I'm looking. If you guys saw me shuffle my papers, I'm like, well, yeah, but they got this. They got this. I quick looked up a few more things on there. Um, but here's what it came down. You know. Darlington Blackhawk, returning uh, uh, good numbers, 11 of 12. 11 of 12 was the sc- uh, scary part for me. Um, they, they, the guys that are returning are studs. Evansville returns 10. Uh, here's the part that was scary to me for Evansville. Only, Teague, we know what regional they were in last year, what sectional they went to. Only four returning sectional qualifiers, which was kind of a red flag to me. Like, oh, man, that was they didn't perform what I thought they were go- going to last year. Uh, now they're going at what I believe is, is a tougher regional. Uh, but here's, here's what I came down to. Barlington Blackhawk has four 500, had last year four 500 or below guys. Um, and I didn't write down whatever. Oh, the, uh, uh, Evansville had four losing records last year, right? So it's a big thing for me. Obviously, guys can grow, and, and we hope mm-hmm. they do. Um, Evansville had five 30-plus win wrestlers. And uh, uh, yada, yada, yada. You can go back and forth of who's got what. But here was the big thing for me. I did some research, Teague. You know that I was, I, I've gotten a chance to see Evansville's middle school program. And here are some names. I don't necessarily know if they're coming in this year or not, but here are some names that Evansville's middle school program has that are, that are coming on up. You ready for them? Let's hear it. A Bollig, a Braunschweig, Heiser, and a Crandall. Okay. Oh, and a Fry. That's in there as well, right? So these are kids that I know have done off-season wrestling. And, you know, typically we don't give a lot of clout to freshmen coming on in. But some of these freshmen are going to come in and perform, along with the three freshmen they had in the lineup last year that I got to see personally that were just, you know, just some beasts. Looked like they already could compete in high school. Uh, with all that being said is obviously the the uh, the, the uh, um, Cinderella pick would be Darlington Blackhawk, right? Uh, I think if Darlington Blackhawk can get a full team, might be thinking differently, but Evansville traditionally has put on 14 guys uh, in in uh, in their regional, and uh, that's why I think Evansville is going to move on to team sectional as the number two team. Coach, your thoughts on that? Making <laughs> what's there to make of this sectional other than it might be the one or this regional where I'm going to be refreshing track all day looking at results. <laughs> Well, you know, the weird thing is you got those top four teams in that from that regional last year, you know, in Evansville, mm-hmm. Darlington, and, and Belmont, and, and Sugar River there. You know, now you're going to throw Dodgeville and Lodi into that mix. I mean, like I said, Lodi scored a crap ton of points. But how is that going to affect, you know, like I said, I, I still think Lodi is a team to beat in there. 
Um, you know, like I said that when you throw in those, you know, like Dodge will throw in those three studs in there, that, that takes a lot of points away and it starts distributing those points a lot more even. So, uh, it gives a chance for a team that maybe comes in with 10 or 12 guys, as long as they're scoring a lot of points with those guys, you know, it gives them a chance because it breaks those points up. Um, you know, I, numerous times over the years we've had, you know, not quite enough depth and it's like, you just need to have more displacement of the points in a tournament to make a chance. Um, but I said, Lodi is going to take a crap load out of the top right away. And, and then it's, I said, it's anybody's ball game after that. So, um, I was, like I said, I was not uh, upset to see Dodge and Lodi go on to the other side. Um, you know, this, I, I wish we get more stability in this sectional. I said what they did last year, bringing all those new teams in, uh, we all sat there and said, why did you bring all these teams from, you know, the Northeast up here, down here with us? And then, then you put them in there for one year and then replace it again. it's like, I, I, I don't, I didn't see any need for, um, the displacement last year and, and to go back and do it again this year. So hopefully we get some stability in the sectional. Um, so we have some of the same teams back every year. It makes it a lot easier on the coaching end and, uh, create some rivalries. And, and like I said, just, I like, I like seeing that. All right. Next coach. Yeah. Great analysis there. It's going to be a fun one for sure. And, uh, yeah, Steve, we could talk about that one all day because I just keep looking at things like, why did I go against this team again? Or why did I? But we got two <laughs> sectional one. predictions to make here. So let me flip the coin. <clears throat> oh, no. All right. Oh, good. Then I don't have to pick the finals first. That's perfect. Um, you know, we just talked about them, uh, PDC and Evansville. I, I'm not going to add a lot to this one. I'm just going to go ahead and pick PDC with this one. Um, I think Evansville get in there to team sectionals. I, I, you know, obviously they went to team state last year, so it's not a a, a rebuild. But I think getting there and being able to uh, uh, compete is going to be good for those good crop of young kids coming on in, so they have that experience. I just think they're one, uh, one maybe two years away, one prop more likely leaning leaning that way. Uh, but T, you nailed it. They did a great. They do a great job in dual meet, so they could get there. And uh, a, a regional team isn't the same as a as a dual meet team, right? And uh, uh, Evansville could do some moving around and and maybe upset in my mind the favorite, which is uh, Prairie du Chien. Uh Bottom side, Lodi and GT Melrose and Mandoro is a tough one. I, um, I I'm gonna, I'm going to make my pick with a not a lot of analysis, um, just off of more off of feel. Um, I think this pro uh, this program is uh, um, frothing at the mouth to get back to team state. Haven't been there for uh, you know a little while, and they're they're got a chip on their shoulders, ready to prove. Um, but as far as analysis goes, I, my breakdown obviously Lodi is losing 130 to 152 plus their 106 pounder, which is you know really strange to be to be losing uh, having a senior at that weight class, um, but. My my the biggest thing I came down with is uh, Lodi scores a lot of points. Uh, they're they're losing no guys with losing records. Um, they have eight seniors in the lineup that are starters, and then ten total, which is which is huge. Um, and GET Melrose Mandora last year had two guys with losing records, and uh, you know both of them have numerous guys with uh, thirty plus wins, just impressive records. But uh, just off more off of a feel than anything else, I could easily be wrong on this, but. I'm going to go with Lodi over what Teague is probably going to be a barn burner of a semifinal duel. All right. So you got PDC versus Lodi. I do in the finals. Okay. Let me, um, let me get rolling here. 
Like so I have PDC versus fans. Darlington Blackhawk uh, and uh, Lodi versus Melman at GET. So uh, first up here, Darlington Blackhawk, uh, if they make it through out of that loaded and just that very crowded regional, great job for them. I just think uh, team-wise, I think they're a little, little better built for tournaments just with uh, the hammers that they have. I think PDC would be able to match up with that well in that hypothetical scenario where they're going to make it tough for Darlington to get seven wins, but I also think they're going to do really great things. They've been a lot of high leverage dual scenarios these last few years. And I think that pedigree definitely helps you where um, I think they would make it hard for Darlington to get seven wins. They'd make it hard for Darlington to get bonus points with their studs and be able to match the bonus points that PDC studs would do well. I know we'd see a couple of great individual matches, a couple of swing matches, that could make that interesting as well. But I'm taking the Blackhawks there. A Prairie du Chien, not Darlington Blackhawk. I'm taking Prairie there du Chien yeah. there. Oh, yeah. All yep. Right. And then Lodi versus Melman at GET. I tell you what, Melman GET has a great dual team. And I think being that Lodi was the team right above them, if they if this ends up being the duel, this is one that Pete Peterson would have circled all year. Like I, I want this duel to happen. Um, maybe because it didn't happen in a dual format last year. Now he finally gets his chance and seen it up close and personal. Um, they they do a great job with their teams. Lodi's returning 10. Melman is returning 11. And I think they could they could give them fits. But Steve, you brought up uh, Lodi just has a traditionally, uh, with their traditionally strong team and uh, what they have coming back. I think GT could give Lodi fits. But I still have Lodi winning a close one in that duel. Lodi's returning 26 more points regional-wise, but who knows what GET has coming in. Maybe I should have actually asked Pete about that one. Which brings me, Steve, to a Prairie du Chien versus Lodi. Part uh, part two of the last two years. I forgot they dueled <laughs> three years ago or not. But, man, oh, man, if this one happens again, a six-point duel last year, and... Here's what really impressed me about that one, Steve, is there was a 10-point duel between the two at the start of the year, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's probably as close as Lodi's going to get. I just, I really thought highly of Prairie Duchene's team last year, and yeah, Lodi ended up, they ended up proving me wrong, of course, only lost by six in the team sectional. I did. I thought Prairie Duchene's team was just straight up better than Lodi's, but Lodi now returning 10 Prairie du Chien returning one less starter. They did. I'd say they lost more firepower in general. It just seems like everything is shaken out for things to fall in Lodi's favor. Like you said, it's been a while since they've made it back to Since they've made it to team state, you know, they're hungry for it and man, getting it in a win against Prairie du Chien would be absolutely huge, but Prairie du Chien I think this is the year they had a great senior class last year. This is the year that Prairie du Chien really establishes themselves that they are not rebuilding. They are reloading and they are going to get it in a statement win over Lodi in the team sectional finals. Teague, there were two times tonight where I saw uh, disgust on your old coach's face. And one was when you didn't pick them to be in the top four. And one was right there with your pick. I saw a little bit of a little bit of angst 
on his face. Angst. I don't even know if that's the proper word, but I can make up words and use them however I want to. We'll, we'll get his thoughts kid. after this. Yeah, you bet. Uh, hey, by the way, and I, I should have said this when I was talking about Evansville, if you get a, a chance, they, they got some uh, dads that put on, they broadcast the Evansville matches. Go on YouTube, look up Evansville Wrestling. They got some of the best production ever. Those guys are uh, those guys are amazing. So watch some of their their stuff. Uh, unfortunately, I mean not, uh, that sounds terrible, but the rest of the world doesn't really get to see it because they yeah that well, that was Teague strike that from the record. They they only do Evansville stuff because they're Evansville dads. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> oh gosh, put my foot in my mouth, right? Um, but if you take a look at that on YouTube, they do uh, a great job with it. Um, where was I going with that? So PDC and Lodi Teague. All day long, I've been making game time picks. I really had no idea back and forth. Who am I going to take? What am I going to do? Um, here's here's kind of what I did. Um, I, I use a strategy I used before. Lodi, PDC, right? It's it's uh, crazy, crazy. Teague, who'd you pick again? You picked PDC, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Man, I rescored. Here's what I did. I rescored the match based off guys that are gone. Remember when I did that last time? Um, it worked out a certain way. I'm throwing that out the window. Gone. Done. I'm telling you this. PDC is, uh, Lodi has, like I said, eight seniors, 10 total in their lineup. That's huge, man. But here, here was the final number that I had. I was looking at Skinful. Now, I'm not thinking what's coming in, right? One program last year has 15 guys left from that program. And another program has 25 guys, right? You know, I, I use all different kinds of criteria. Uh, like I said, I have no idea what they have coming on in for the middle school, but it's that criteria that I think gives you more flexibility in what I think is going to be a Teague. I mean, are we, are we fair to say less than a three-point duel either way? Well, that's down probably going to be a chess match of sorts, yeah. <laughs> yep, going to come down to coin flips, going to come down to uh, – uh, Coaching, right? Going to come down to scouting. Who can get the best best matchups? Um, and Lodi has twenty five guys returning, not including uh, um, you know, not including incoming freshmen. So uh, with that criteria and throw it out the window, which Teague, another gym that we'd like to be in, sectional team sectional Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to go with Lodi to represent uh, this sectional at Team State. So once again, Teague, you and I are opposite. Coach Miller, your thoughts here. Um, you know, the, the, what he made the comment is at the end is exactly what I was thinking of. I, I, I do know Lodi has um, a little more numbers game coming back. And I don't, like I said, I don't know what either one has coming in for freshmen, uh, but I never really place a lot of value on freshmen, big, big impacts. Obviously in today's world of uh, this elitism and youth wrestling, it is, it is becoming a little bit more functional, <laughs> but um, we've seen it firsthand several times last year. Uh, but like I said, I, I think Lodi is going to be a little tough to overtake. Um, you know, they got a lot of a lot of depth back. Um, their numbers are always strong there. Um, so we'll see what happens. Like I said, I think you know when you get to the, get to the dual meet portion, if you got that extra depth, you can make some moves. Um, if you got if you got you know even a little bit of depth in the line of uh, guys that just don't give up those extra bonus points, uh, that's just huge. Um, so you know if you can move one of your studs away from somebody and, and not give up six, uh, you know you can really really do some work. So. Uh, if I had to pick one, I mean, I, obviously I'm not, I, you know, I got to pick Austin, right? No, but we're, uh, well, I, I, I think Lodi is probably the team to beat in our sectional again. Uh, like I said, I'm just glad they're not in our super regional. So we don't see them for one more week. 
Um, but uh, it's, it's going to be it, – It's it, I think this section really proved itself last year at state tournament. Obviously, we had those other teams from the northeast that came down that really offered some, you know, skulls and a few guys like that that really offered some some hammers. But um, uh, this sectional did really well, and I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different this year in, in down at the Cole Center anyway. Coach, a great analysis. We just want to say uh, thank you for coming on and joining us and just taking the time. Two things here. Um, first of all, well, I'd love to – we got to get you on just for an episode in the off season. We can just talk wrestling in general, but I don't, mm-hmm. I had a couple of things I wanted to talk about. We'll save it for then because first and foremost, I thought uh, last week, John where's Bicky at one forty five was going to hold the longest sectional preview episode ever. And it wasn't going to be broken. I also thought that two times before the sectional preview podcast record has been broken three times in a row now and you're holding it. We're going to end at probably 155, 156. So, Coach, I, I well, think you had the gift of gab, and you lived up to the hype. <laughs> well, I'm not done yet. Jay Imhoff, uh, you remember him? Coach yes. Imhoff, he texted yep. me and just told me to say, I'm, I am, I'm supposed to say Team State. That's all I'm supposed to say. Team State. Team State. Do you <laughs> yep. know what that means? I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, I do got to give a shout-out to my wife. Um, today is my anniversary. Our, our anniversary and uh, I did not forget it was, but I – messenger last week and said can i do a podcast with teague on monday we got nothing going on right and, and she's like uh no yeah it's our wedding anniversary so uh but uh no behind every good wrestling coach and every good wrestling dad you have to have a, a an incredible wrestling wife so, um coach she, that uh, was a test and you failed i know i know <laughs> but she's sitting over there kind of laughing at me right now so but, well uh, no, you better very, take very somewhere simple. real nice tomorrow we went out to dinner Saturday night, so I'm off the hook. So we're, uh, we're well, you good, better take her out again. And she, if she's <laughs> hearing that, then, uh, then you're stuck to it. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Wait, T, take her. Uh, where's that place you keep telling me I got to stop and get something at? Uh, they have the best pastries or something? Or the, what's the what's the Moston thing? No, the Log you Cabin Deli has really good sandwiches. Oh, there, there you go. go. Log Cabin Deli. She likes their, uh, what is it? Dill, dill pickle salad. Dill pickle pasta salad. I stopped there every couple of weeks and get a tub of that. So, but uh, no, we're excited about this season. Like I said, hard to believe it's this time of the year already. And um, uh, this group of freshmen is going to have a lot of fun for us. And and we're serious, serious what we can do. So we're rolling. Uh, real excited to see my son on the mat. That's going to be a new experience for me, and I uh, uh, can't wait. Hey, we're excited uh, for Boston as well. Uh, maybe Steve more so since he has you guys pegged top three in the regional. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where, what, <laughs> for the record, Teague, where do you have us in the regional? I, again, I want to get, I mean, we. I'm probably going to put that on the board in that dry race board in the wrestling room. Uh, where <laughs> Where do you have, before we go, where do you have Boston finishing in the super regional? Top five. Yeah. Top five. I have, okay. I have you three and with a good day, top two, just so you know. <laughs> okay all right well, well, I, I like your i like your pick better but we'll uh we got a lot to prove so we'll we'll work hard and see where we get <laughs> okay it's just always fun uh whenever whether i'm commentating or not or talking about a Boston guy in the podcast there's always you always think back like you got that Boston pride that uh hangs with you and i'll just say just to keep it short here you know coming in as a freshman first year wrestler um I think it's easy to lose those guys for sure. Especially I was just doing it to stay in shape between football and track. And um, just having you as a coach, having someone who's as passionate for the sport as you are, I think more importantly, 
you were passionate about all your kids as well uh, from the top down. I'll never forget. You said some really nice things about me at the banquet my freshman year. I said, I didn't even know he knew to notice that. And like the love that you had for all your kids from top to bottom, it, it made going back out for wrestling a lot easier, you know, without a coach that had the love for and passion for the sport and for your athletes that you did, who knows if we're here right now. So I have a lot more I could say, but I want to thank you just for teaching me how to love this sport so much. And it's, it is very contagious and it's awesome. You've done a lot for this sport and a lot of people appreciate you for it, but yeah, that's what I got. Steve-O, you have anything? No, that was beautiful. I was thinking, like, do you think the ripple effect, Coach, because if uh, uh, you didn't keep him out for the sport, he probably wouldn't have the love for it, and I would have never got to know him and be doing a podcast right now because – Imagine I, I mean, right, right. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's like it's, – it's awesome. So I appreciate you. No, I said that I've always felt that with kids. You never know which kid, you know, I, 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 some of my most successful athletes I've had then win state titles, you know, and, and you know, it's what they do in life, and uh, that's where – we're not here to make we're Olympians. We're here to make good people. So uh, that's that's what I feel anyway. So, but thanks for the kind words and uh, great job, guys. And appreciate everything you do and keep doing it, folks. That'll be it for this edition of the Wisconsin Wrestler. Um, might be able to break the record again. We got the mouth of the South, Curtis Fiedler, Mineral Point head coach, joining us for a loaded D three sectional C preview on Thursday. Steve and I will be at Who's the Big Cheese on Saturday, so get your tickets for that or check us out on Rockfin, on the WI Wrestle Rockfin. The next week, finishing out D1. But until next time, folks, we will catch you on the flip side. <laughs>